Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to our live broadcast. 24 hours to come, flag to flag. And when we say flag to flag, we mean it. No interruptions. We'll be taking you through to the chequered flag at 1.40 tomorrow. A little over a full day of racing to kick off the 2024 IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season. We're just inland from the famous Daytona Beach, land speed records, racing, it all happened there. And this three and a half mile circuit, or thereabouts, are utilising a, a little bit of a nuanced infield. People really don't understand, I think, just how tough it is to get round the infield. They're racing for the big trophy. They're racing for the Rolex, uh, racing for the Rolex watches as well. We're just in land, as I say, from Daytona Beach with this circuit that has so much history down through the years. And one of the AWA machines just not getting off the pit lane here. Down through turn one into the infields. The Eastern Hairpin is called the International Horseshoe because the flags of all the nations of the drivers that are competing are there. Out to the Western Horseshoe and then back up onto the high banks. It's quick down to what used to be called the bus stop, which Mr. France renamed the Le Mans chicane in a hands-across-the-ocean operation that sees the first chicane on the uh, long straight at Le Mans called the Daytona chicane. Well, it's a beautiful day here. Uh, The weather is playing its part at the moment. It's 82 Fahrenheit on track, 79 in the air, or if you prefer, 28 Celsius and 26 in the air. Hello everybody and welcome along to what is going to be a cracking day's racing but it's not started well for AWA let's take a crowd strike pit report Sitting on the apron is that number 13 machine one of the the, uh, AWA Corvette and it's trying to creep away, that's the uh, I'm not quite sure who didn't start the car. I know that Matt Bell's one of the drivers. Here, an engine note. And again, it looks to roll. Just walking up to it to see what the problem is. People are kind of almost hands off the thing at the moment as the cars trundle past as they complete their first for the warm up laps. So it's Ori Sedani who's the starter. Sedani. And there's a lot of kind of. Uh, it's jumping about. It's kind of. It's almost they engaged a gear and it didn't take off then. The engineers are coming to push the car. Trying to push it away, bump start, that's worked. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the race, but um, an engineer has um, kind of slightly hurt himself by pushing the car, and as he pushed it, it round away, he's banged his knee quite nastily, and it's stopped about 100 metres or 100 yards further up. He's now going about, it's going very, very slowly. I wonder why he's trying to keep rolling, not have to stop and join the back of the GTD and GTD Pro queue. 
the pit box is that end and that was part of the problem uh, for that car because the guys had to run a long way down to get it started and now it's still well it hasn't got there so whether it's a clutch problem whether it's a tick over problem more of the AWA pits crew are running down Ori Fadani trying to get that car going he's creeping forward this is absolutely painful uh, early on and at the front of the field then people Durrani has no knowledge of what's going on here as they head towards their second of two formation laps the AWA car is being pushed towards its pit I think maybe they're going to pit out. They might be able to bump start this and just join in, you know. Wheel and engineering Cadillac on pole position from the 01 Cadillac V Series are Pete Maturani and Sebastian Borte lock out the front row for Cadillac 2. Cadillac Machines, but not teammates in LMP2. Ben Keating for United Autosports in the number two wins Mission Food Car is on pole position. GTD Pro, Michael Christensen for AO Racing. Uh, and the Porsche, number 77, from Ben Barnicott and Vassa Sullivan. And it's Aaron Tielitz in the other Lexus, who's on pole for GTD with Klaus Bachler alongside them. It will be a start this time around. Shea Adam has now got the AWA car in its pit. And Ori was able to fire it up, but not able to get it knocked into gear or in any form or motion. So the Corvette is rumbling in its pit box, but it's going to be here for a few moments while AWA tries to diagnose what's wrong with it. Uh, nothing that listen to the crowd listen to the crowd there the big cheer from down towards the turn into turn one nothing that a good throttle a bit of throttle response won't fix and Ori Fadani has got that car at least ticking over well there's drama you don't need before the start of one of the if not the biggest race of the year so AWA will start at the back of the field it's a split start so the GTPs and the LMP2s will be heading off behind the first of two Cadillac safety cars and then there's a second group which are just coming out of the back bus stop chicane, the Le Mans chicane and they are following on that is the GTD Pro and GTD cars, those cars are mixed together they are identical in terms of their specification it is the driver combinations that decide whether they are a GTD or a GTD Pro we'll run you through that if you're not sure as we go through this is IMSA Radio for 2024 Sound and vision perfectly together as the green flag is in the air now from Jerry Bruckheimer. There was a bit of a jump away from people to Ronnie. I think he anticipated that. And the inside row is the quickest away with Felipe Nazar trying to make good on the outside. He was on the inside of row two and he's trying to come round. And here comes the outside of uh, the second row. Cadillac coming down the inside here come the GTD cars and it is Rexy who comes through the bright green Porsche with the two Lexus hunting in packs behind them down towards turn one we'll wait to see if Ori Fadani can get away we're waiting he's waved away and it does fire now he needs to follow out through the pit lane which he does do I'm not sure I don't think you'll get a penalty for that to the lead we have got the Lexus 
that's the Pro Lexus. I can see the red numbers on the side, but coming through into third position behind the bright green Porsche. That's the uh, the second of the Porsches that were on the starting grid. So that's Klaus Backler for MDK Motorsport at the front of the D Daytona uh, GTP field. It is the pole sitter. And here comes Pete Mutterani through the Le Mans chicane for the first time, hopping the curbs with Felipe Nasser in second, Sebastian Bourdais in third, Conor de Felimi in the BMW, start at the first of the Munich V8 cars. Tidy, Peter, to start, but that was a that was a big jump by by uh, people that might be being looked at. Durani went very early there in that wheel in number 31 Cadillac, and he leads by a couple of car lengths there from the Porsche of Felipe Nazar. So it's a Brazilian one-two at the moment. Great to see the AWA Corvette number 13 get back, get going, and get out of pit lane and start this race. If you're going to have a problem like that, have it now. Don't have it with an hour to go. Yeah. Exactly right. Jeremy Shaw was watching as the GTD fields came through. The Lexus looking very racy earlier on, and indeed the Pro Car has taken the lead for Ben Barnica. But Aaron Taylor was right in there. But I reckon the best start was from Klaus Backler, who made up a position as he got through down into turn one. Hit fourth position. Uh, he started. He eased his way up the second uh, to third at one stage. That GTD feed looks absolutely outstanding in the afternoon sunshine here. So Backler back down to fourth. Fifth is the uh, is the Acura of Gridget Racing, uh, Acura NSX T3 from Gradient Racing. Catherine Legg in the mostly white and green. JD Wentworth. Accurate, and she's hunting down the MDK Motorsport. That's a rhubarb and custard coloured car, the dark red and bright yellow car. Behind Catherine, the number 62, is the Risi Competizione Ferrari. Now, that car's made up some, uh, some positions as well. And that's, that's, that's that Fra is that Manny Franco in the Conquest Ferrari that's come through to there, rather than the 62? I'll check that as they come under my feet next time around. So the the, Ferrari, the 62 Risi Ferrari didn't quite have the, the strongest qualifying, but I think that they showed fairly consistent pace through practice. It's going to be intriguing to see how they come through. They qualified behind a, the, a couple of the... I know Risi are a private team, but they're about as close to the, the factory as you can get for a private team, if that makes sense. Um, but they weren't the top Ferrari, but I think in the race they, they definitely will be. Couple of moments ago, big bobble for the Proton Porsche, the number, excuse me, the JDC Miller Porsche, the number 85. Uh, that car with Richard Westbrook starting uh, in ninth position, just ahead of the Proton Porsche of Neil Janney, the number five Mustang sampling car. That car didn't qualify last week, the Mustang sampling black and gold car, because of that incident in the final practice, which was about this time last Sunday actually and the Proton car the Mustang sampling car they've done the most running in race week they've been every single time there's been track time they've been out there doing lots of running because they've got a they've got a bit of a mix Roman Dumas super experienced driver but little experience with the Porsche 963 
Alessio Piccarello has never raced a prototype before, so he's had to get up to speed. Jimmy Bruni and Neil Yanni, they've got a bit more experience with it, but they've really tried to get that set up ready, and they will just see how they do it through the rest of the race. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, back in Europe, it is just coming up to 15 minutes, just after 15 minutes uh, before 7 in the UK, 15 before 8 in the evening in Central Europe. Huge audience as ever for the opening stanzas here. Stay with us as much as you can and welcome to everyone who's been watching the rescheduled Dubai 24 hours. Good 10 hours or so of that race now under the belts into the darkness of the Middle Eastern night. We squeak the longest darkness here. Uh, 13 hours and 17 minutes at Daytona this year, which is a couple of minutes longer than the Dubai 24. Due to it being moved two weeks later in the year after the uh, issues in the Red Sea for shipping. No problems here. And one or two drivers who expected to have been racing in Dubai this weekend are here with us change for second, Sebastian Bourdie making a lovely move up the inside at turn one on Felipe Nazar, so the 0-1 Cadillac moves to second, making it a Cadillac 1-2, Porsche back to third In LMP2 it's Cuba Smirkowski who is leading in the number 52 that is a change from how they started into Europol then in that matte yellow and green Took the lead on the first lap from George Kurtz, who's gone up into second. Paul Sitter, Ben Keating in the number two car. That's the Wins Mission Food car for United Autosports USA. Now, I'm sure Adam has just pointed something out to me. If that is indeed Kuba Smikowski, who started that car... Uh, that might be a problem, Shay. That would be an incorrect starting driver because it is mandated that a bronze-rated driver starts in LMP2, which would result in a five-minute stop-and-hold penalty. Right. Cuba Silver, is he not? Yeah, I think so. Well, uh, and now, in yeah, fact, Nick, it's Nick changed Bull. to Nick Boulet on the screen. Bull. So, uh, Bull, excuse me, uh, Nick Bull on the uh, screen. So... He is a bronze, so thank you to our scoring and our colleagues, close colleagues at Alcamel, possibly listening, possibly realising that uh, the guys down at that team hadn't flipped it over, and that is a bit of a no-no. That could have cost them very dearly indeed. That's what made me pause for a wee bit there. In GTD Pro, Ben Barnicut leads for Vassa Sullivan, and... In second place, it's Michael Christensen for the Porsche number 77 that started on pole position. It's the AO Porsche, the green dinosaur, affectionately known as Rexy. And then in GTD itself, with the green numbers, it is Aaron Teal. It's again for... Lexus with Catherine Legg who's just moved up into second place in the white and green NSX so a little bit of shuffling around 
uh, from what we saw on the starting grid. But early days here at Jeremy Shaw at the opening running of the, the opening few laps running here at Daytona. But that said, there's still quite a bit of... Uh, so quite a bit of feistiness on out there. Yeah, it was an interesting start. Good to see uh, pretty clean. Good to see also the number 13 AWA seems to be running. A uh, Corvette seems to be running okay after that uh, that uh, glitch uh, leaving the, uh, the, the 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 grid on pit lane. So that's certainly good news. Uh, Peter Durrani uh, set off a pretty rapid pace right away. Uh, fastest lap in the race set a lap two. Uh, at a 135.863, that's only two tenths of a second away from the lap record from last year that was set by uh, Tom Blumquist in an Acura at a 135.6. So uh, you settle down into mid, uh, low, one minute thick 36s, 136.2 last time around for the race leader. Sebastian Bourdais in second place, fractionally quicker last time around. But uh, I think that's the sort of pace we're going to be seeing for much of this race. Is a 1:36. Is the, the uh, pole position time in qualifying a third, one minute 32.6? Low fuel, fresh tyres, all the rest of it. We're not going to be uh, approaching those times in the race, I assume. <laughs> if you're travelling around whilst you're listening to us today, you can find us on RS2 at imsaradio.com. Uh, here in the States and North America, Sirius XM channel 202, flag to flag, no interruptions. And of course, if you're outside the US, we've got the World Feed TV for you as well via imsaradio.com. Click the hamburger on the top left, and the first thing you'll see on the drop down is live video. Just a trail ahead, quite some time actually, at midnight Eastern, when the teletypes decide it gets too late for them uh, they will be taking a well-earned rest till six o'clock in the morning and we will be taking over the airwaves of the NBC broadcast scary huh and from two till six on that is our now uh, I was going to say famous probably infamous night owls powered by sacred coffee with Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones stepping into the breach to take you through the wee small hours. Here's our pit lane caller. It's up to Shay Adams' end. The number 13 AWA Corvette is back in the lane. They did a splash of fuel that are working inside the passenger compartment of the car. One mechanic, no gloves. That tells me he's going after something a little bit finagly inside the cockpit. Car has been cleared to leave, refired but is not yet moving. Ori is still sitting in his box, a position he's been in far too often for the start of this race, but now goes down a lap. Shea Adam with that crowd strike pit report. Cars are in traffic, part of our Porsche keys to the race. The leaders then coming through for the first of many opportunities to go past now the midfield in the GTD categories, the Inception McLaren and the Leader, this is the first danger moment for people to Rani as he comes through there. Got to keep his wits about him here. It's all about concentration. Gets to the high side early, coming through the banking through speedway turn one and two. Now chops to the inside with the additional aero grip 
from the GTP cars. They're a lot more powerful than the DPIs that they replaced uh, this time last year, but they are heavier and they are not quite as nimble and they take a bit of driving. Described to me by the drivers as a bit like a very powerful, very fast GT Le Mans car. Well, we love the GT Le Mans cars for how they looked and how they sounded. And these GTPs are quickly making a place in our automotive hearts as the battle for the lead goes through turn one and Borde now right on the rear wing of the leader Pipo Durrani in the wheel and red and white Cadillac the gold fronted zero one Chip Ganassi run machine sitting right in the wheel tracks no challenge down into the right-handed international horseshoe Durrani gets good grip out of that first or second gear corner depending how the car is set up down to the western end of the infield huge crowd here on the infield all of the bleachers are packed we've got fans right up to the fence at ground level all the way down to the international horseshoe and all the way across to the western horseshoe good amount of enthusiastic fans in front of us here in the global broadcast booth some very good t-shirts out there I really like the uh, Brumos 59 that I can see right in front of me as this battle continues Borde not in a place to pass so let's check in with Shea Adam who has an update on that AWA Corvette not the start they were looking for Shea the update is there is no update yet that's the frustrating bit they still don't know what's wrong with the car nothing's showing up on telemetry Meantime, in LMP2, Jeremy Shaw, the pole sitter, down to fourth position. Yeah, that's unusual. He generally takes off at the start and and, uh, and really puts the hammer down and pulls a bit of gap between himself and everybody else. Not the case this time. Nick Bull, I mean, a brilliant qualifying run for Nick uh, last Sunday. He, he took the lead at the st on the first lap and uh, is stretching away. He's got almost five seconds now in hand over car number 11, uh, Stephen Thomas, who uh, started in the sixth position in the class. Now up to second position, he got past George Kurtz in the crowd strike by APR number 04 last time around. And Ben Keating, he's another couple of seconds back in the fourth position, really un unlike him. Dan Goldberg doing a nice job moving up from the LMP3 class last year. He did one LMP2 car uh, race last year at Indianapolis just to get a, a feel for this year. He knew he wanted to step up into LMP2, has joined the United Autosports USA team running a nice fifth place at the moment. He won last year's VP, well, excuse me, well, won the, the Bronze Cup category, was second overall in the VP Racing Sports Car Challenge in 2023. Quickest laps of the race. People to Ronnie, quickest out in front in the 31 wheel at Cadillac, 135.8. Sebastian Bordes right there. Hasn't been able to match the speed of people. Sebastian with a 36-0. Meantime, in LMP2, it's Nick Bull with a 141.4 for Inter Europol with the fastest lap. Reese's Daniel Serra in the 62 car with a 47.0. Yeah. They've made up 10 places to the start. I, I second guessed myself there, Jeremy, when I saw that red 62 car. I thought that they can't, they were, had an awful qualifying last weekend they were mired down in the midfield with lots of GTD cars between themselves and the leading GT 
D pros, Daniel Surra on a tear early on. Yeah, he certainly is, isn't he? And uh, moving right, right up into second place in the uh, GTD Pro class. He's got uh, Aaron Tiedlitz in the GTD car ahead of him. Two Lexus out front, but uh, Serra was right with Tiedlitz as they headed into turn one last time around. Also, big move, another Ferrari, the 023 Triarzi Competizione car. Alessio uh, Rivera up there into uh, second in GTD, fourth of all the GTD cars. Two GTD pros leading the way right now. Barnicut from Sarah, Lexus from Ferrari. So good pace being shown here by the Ferrari 296 GT3s in this early stage of the race. Big outside move by the number 34 Ferrari, the red, white and black machine on Catherine Leg. As Manny Franco, that is a position in GTD for Conquest. If he can squeeze through, hasn't been able to do it. And now he's under pressure by Antonio Garcia in the bright yellow number three Corvette. It's one of the pro cars, and that was quite easy, actually. Here comes the Chetelar Ferrari on the high side. Uh, that car also making up positions uh, at the moment. Chetelar with uh, Giorgio Sanagiotto driving the number 47. That's the blue car. Has a bit of hippie Porsche about it, that car, as far as I'm concerned, the blue and the green probably sacrilege to say that of a Ferrari but <laughs> well they, that was a Martini uh, car and it's Italian and, and Ferrari's Italian so we'll just we can sort of draw okay. draw a link there if, we're, yeah. if we really try hard excellent Mass um, massive yeah. post rationalisation oh, there definitely the, guy. Thank the, you. the Ferrari 296 GT3s are really moving forward in this race the Conquest racing yeah. car 34 moving forward but the biggest movers are the Rizzi car uh, in GTD Pro and the GTD car the 023 of Triarsi yeah, but Manny Franco, number 34 car, been relatively new to racing, only been racing three or four years after quite literally winning the lottery, uh, is making his uh, his debut in the Imsu Tech Sports Car Championship. He's got a lot of, lot of racing experience in a bunch of different series in the last several years, but doing, giving a really, really good account of himself in the early stages of this race. And as Peter Mackay says, the Ferrari is looking very, very strong. We'll talk about the... Uh, how, how closely matched that the 11 manufacturers are in GTD quite a lot as this race progresses but interestingly for this year we have the, the balance of performance uh, as, as regular sports car fans will be familiar with uh, and that's you know these are all completely different specifications of cars different engines in different places different sizes turbocharged non-turbocharged all sorts of different things here so they have a kind of an equivalency formula trying to keep the cars as competitive with one another as possible in, uh, for most of the time in recent years, it's been IMSA with all the data that they get off from the car that to decide that balance performance. The, the, uh, the, the emphasis has been switched for this year, though, to the manufacturers themselves. They have a technical working group. All of the manufacturers are represented in each of the meetings. There was another meeting on Tuesday this week, and they came up with a raft of small changes to the cars between the raw test and this weekend. Different weights different engine restrictor sizes, uh, different uh, fuel tank sizes, all sorts of things to try and equal them out. So we'll see, you know, the, the manufacturers now, they can't really blame IMSA, each of them 
individually. They have to blame the other manufacturers. So it's going to be really interesting to see this season as that progresses, how that works out. But I've talked to a bunch of people in the paddock, and they seem pretty happy with the changes that were made between the Raw and here. Uh, but certainly the Ferraris at this stage in the game are looking strong. So already Daniel Serra putting pressure on the leader in GTD Pro. That's number 14, Ben Barnacourt. It was Jack Hawksworth who qualified the car. And as Ben Barnacourt told our Crowdstrike pitling crew early on, that uh, Jack's one of the very best qualifiers in the business here in IMSA. But Ben has been his teammate for a couple of years now and they're looking very, very good right now. You're reigning GTD Pro champions and leading the big race of the year, the 62nd Rolex 24-hour at Daytona. With a with a crowd site pit report, it's Nick Damon. I've now got pit out. Uh, my very good friend Joe Bradley has joined the pit lane team and is in pit in. But the other visitor, the new visitor, well, not really new visitor, no, recurring visitor to the pit lane is that number 13 AWA uh, Corvette Z06 GT3. It's back in again. This time, though, they have taken off the engine. So uh, that's the new cover. Which is, actually, actually, no, it's not the engine cover. It's the front. The engine in the middle now, isn't it? Uh, so they've taken off the front bit, which doesn't have the engine, but has the electrics and the uh, various... Uh, uh, and Sillery is now about to go back on again. I think they're still not quite sure what's going on, to be honest. That's not good news. Electrical problems early. Car didn't want to fire. Got going without losing a lap. It's now lapped down. Not the greatest of entries into the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for AWA in the GTD class with that customer Corvette GT3 however the good news for Corvette fans and I know there were plenty of you uh, listening and watching is that Antonio Garcia is the best Corvette uh, he runs in 7th in the GT category and 4th in GTD Pro remembering that the GT cars are exactly the same spec and between GTD and GTD Pro if you're running a Corvette in GTD or a Corvette in GTD Pro you have the same balance of performance and therefore potential for uh, the performance of the car battle at the sharp end of GTD Pro Ben Parnikin took the lead early in the RCF GT the yellow and black car and Risi Competizioni's Daniel Surra has carved his way through as the AWA car rejoins again. And it's a really curious situation here at the front of GTD Pro because we've got one of the oldest GT3 cars that there is in the Lexus RCF GT3 and one of the newest. Well, it's the it, oldest. It, it is, yes. Yeah. And the, the Ferrari is certainly one of the very newest, the Ferrari 296 GT3. But because of that balance of performance system that Jeremy just uh, explained, you, we can have them race together in uh, in parity. So really, really uh, fascinating to watch that at the front. Uh, and the one car of the 11 that was not tweaked in terms of weight horsepower anything else mm. was the Lexus yeah and the Ferrari was actually picked back a touch yeah um, so there's there's definitely good race pace in that car yeah. also in the gradient racing mm. Acura more white on the car this year still wearing the white and green of JG Wentworth Tatiana Calderon called into action with regular drivers Sheena Monk and Catherine Legg who qualified and started the car 
That's Catherine at the wheel. At the moment, sitting in third position in yeah. GTD. Lapping quicker than the leaders last time by, too. It's a good-looking car, that. And that little tweak over the winter months to the livery on that car to put more white than green on it and move where the transitions are, I think really suits that car. It's a very handsome machine. Very, very handsome machine, the N NSX. At IMSA Radio, hello. If you are around the world or indeed around the track here, broadcasting on 107.9 FM, Sirius XM Channel 202, as well as IMSA TV around the world. That's streaming world feed. And AWA behind the wall at Pit Inn, straight back into the paddock and heading towards their garage. Not going to be the afternoon, evening, Overnight, morning and day tomorrow for Ore Fadani and AWA. That is disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, they'll hope to get that repaired and get out and get some mileage. The car is brand new to them. It's a brand new car, full stop. This is its first uh, race. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're for the, oh, someone off at the Le Mans chicane. Uh, it's one of the Lamborghinis. It's the 40 car, oh, number it's 78. A 40 car. Oh, no. This is a big incident and it's Misha Goikberg. He's got the car moving. There's damage to the bodywork. It's gone in sideways and backwards. The right-hand door mirror has been wiped off. And he started moving it forward. No, the V10's fired. We've stayed green. Now he needs to stay out of the way and down on the infield area there, which is doable. Race controller just to our left. And they'll be keeping an eye on what's going on and whether that car gets back up to speed. Meantime, the two Cadillacs back in traffic again. And this is where Sebastian Bourdais caught the leader last time when people was in traffic. And it looks like that is happening again. People to the outside. very quick there at Le Mans chicane in, in any class uh, of car it looked like there was a bit of fluid coming out of the back of that Lamborghini that went off at the, uh, the Le Mans chicane that 40 number 78 car full course yellow Yeah. first of the 62nd running of the Rolex 24 hours Mike Skeen and the Mercedes was right with Misha very difficult to see if there was any uh, contact there already got the safety teams moving as soon as the full course yellows come out they're all Misha Goikberg did get the car moving I, I, I'd suggest that there was too much damage to the drive line looks like it's gone in right rear and it may be that he's dislodged a drive shaft or, or something there's a thumbs up from Misha to our safety crew and the AMR safety crew arriving as well Misha opens the door. Exactly the right thing, by the way. People often say to me, you know, why did the driver not get out there? He's much safer surrounded by the safety cage than yeah. getting out whilst the track is still green. And that's what all the drivers are told. So, uh, Jeremy was in the safety briefing, the driver's briefing this morning. You stay in the car until either you are told that it's full course yellow and it's okay to get out or the safety workers get to you. Misha's having a look at the back of the car rather ruefully. Our EMR safety team pressed into 
action early. And here comes the intervention Porsche Cayenne GTS with its 4-litre turbocharged motor. That's really good to see Misha get out of the car because yeah, that is a, quite a big hit. Um, the, the, the he was walk. worried about what, what had happened at the back of the car. I think uh, the, he was trying was his... to work out what had happened there because he was looking at the, the right rear. That's where the damage is, but that would suggest that he thought maybe something had broken there as he came through the middle part of the chicane. Well, otherwise, just checking how bad, how bad the damage is. But that's a great show for that team. I mean, they really came on strong towards the end of last season. Had a pole earlier in the year and then finished off the year with a fantastic win at Petit Le Mans. At Michelin Raceway, let's have a look and see what, see what happened. The car just sort of stepped out. And, uh, that was an odd one. It it's very, one. It's very early in the middle part of the chicane. So he's come through the first left-hander. And well, he's on. The, he's, he's a little bit maybe too far on the curb there. Mike Skeen in behind him is a good half a car's width further to the right. Yeah. There was he, he wasn't as close as I thought he was. Mike Skeen in the court of AMG. So I don't. I'm, I'm certain now that there was no uh, contact there. Yeah, lots of experience. Of course, Michel Gorkberg, a former winner of a uh, Rolex here, running the PC class back in 2016, and uh, really enjoying his time here with Forte Racing. The uh, team run by uh, Shane Senevaratni, formerly known as US Race Tronics, based in Southern California. Oh, it's great to see so many people here uh, for this 62nd running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Good opportunity for us to give you uh, the first of our in-race updates, powered by VP Fuels. And it is Cadillac to the fore with Pete Durrani for Will and Engineering, who will head Sebastian Bourdais on the restart, unless people decide they want to pit. Porsche Penske Motorsport, Philippe Manassa, racy early on in the number seven, but couldn't make his way through to the front of the field. Then BMW's Conor de Filippi in the 25 car, with their Team RLL BMW M Hybrid. Nick Tandy for Porsche Penske Motorsport in sixth position from Ricky Taylor. And Louis Delatraz, the 10 and the 40, the two... Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport Acuras. Second of the BMW M Team RLL contenders. The number 24 is in eighth. Ninth is Neil Janney for Proton Competition. And JDC Miller Richard Westbrook in the yellow number 85. In LMP2 in the Europol League TDS, crowd striking George Curtin third position in the APR run car then the two United Autosports car with the two in the 22, Ben Keaty and Daniel Goldboy Pidgey hired for the newly named Spike EO Racing Orica, number 99 in GTD Pro it is Ben Barnicott and Daniel Serra at the head of the field, 14 and 62 for Lexus and Ferrari with Aaron Tielitz Vassa Sullivan ahead of the Triazi competition. Alicio Rivera, Ferrari 296, coming up through the field, the 0-23. And Catherine Legg for Gradient Racing. And then uh, Michael uh, Christensen. And behind them, uh, Iron Links with the GTD Pro. Then Conquest, Inception and Chetilar Ferrari 
uh, making up the top 10 in GT combined category, if you will. If you're not used to this form of racing, I suspect most of your trackside know what is going on now, but Jeremy Shaw will take you through why under double yellows we are seeing cars pulling out of line yeah there's quite a few new fans here this weekend great to see you hope you're enjoying it so far <laughs> there's a lot more action to come and yeah generally speaking when the safety car is deployed to slow down the field to run at uh, safe speeds there's no overtaking allowed however what we've just seen are the cars that were in between the safety car at the front of the field and the individual class leaders there's been gtd and lmp2 and those cars that are in between the safety car and the, each of the class leaders had not been lapped by the respective class leaders, so they were allowed to go past those cars in front of them and the safety car and then run to the, run, run to the back of the pack to pick up, take up their rightful position still on the lead lap with their, with their class rivals. Uh, once that has been completed, then the pits will be opened. The pits are closed right now. You're not allowed to come into the pits uh, unless you need... Uh, emergency service as it's called and then you're only allowed to take on maybe you're running out of fuel it's too early in a race for that to happen but if there's some sort of a problem like that you can come in and take what is called emergency service you're only allowed to take uh, five seconds worth of fuel and then you're on your way again you have to make another pit stop to make up for that later on but uh, once the, the uh, pack up has been made behind the safety car all the cars together then the pits will be opened first of all it will be the prototype cars are allowed to come onto the pit lane, either GTPs or the LMP2s. And then one lap later, all of the GT cars, GTD or GTD Pro, can come onto the pit and take on their service. Whatever they choose to do is up to them. And then once we get uh, that all completed, there will be a final wave around for, again, any, car, any class cars that are ahead of their respective class leader and behind the safety car they can do the same thing run around to the back or they're they wave past the safety car and then at any point after that they don't race control does not have to wait for everybody to get up behind at the back of the pack we'll go back to green racing will continue perennially we talk about the weather and temperatures here it's cold ish during the raw weekend it's no 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 it nicely. was cold i i did see <laughs> A minus figure for overnight when I was in uh, in Abu Dhabi, um, which I, I giggled slightly uh, about because I, I wasn't having to worry about it. At the moment, uh, on track, uh, it is a toasty 86 Fahrenheit, uh, 79 in the air, with uh, humidity around about 71 degree. Track temperature 30 Celsius. So that is... Uh, not too bad, still showing a slight chance of rain over the evening hours. The longer range forecast I saw yesterday said that if we were going to get any rain, it was likely to be overnight or into the early hours. The pits are open and Joe Bradley has the leader. So at the 31 wheel and Cadillac, that wheel's in first. Pipo Durrani, the driver behind the wheel. He's been on pole position for literally a whole week. Well, the next 23 hours or so is the bit that counts for this car. And he want to remain at the front of this field as much as he can right up until that all-important last 30 minutes or so. A lot of fuel going in the car. Not bothering with tyres, though. And looking further down the pit lane, I think that's the tactic employed by pretty much everyone. So fuel only in this stop, and it looks like he's lost the lead. 
Uh, at the other end of the pit out um, is mostly some of the P2s. Of course, all the uh, GTPs are concentrated in the first, uh, certainly third of the pit lane. But they're rolling past me now. And I'll tell you who's in the lead. It's the number 10. Acura is going to take the lead at the end of this one. So the Wayne Taylor race in the 10. Kondakamalta Acura has taken the lead. To my left, we have both United Autosports cars. They are getting fuel and a bit of a work on the 22 car. That's having a bit of a, a shifting down the right-hand side. I didn't see any driver changes. And again, I'm looking now at the 81, no driver change. I'm looking at the Sean Creech, the uh, unique uh, in modern motor racing leisure. That's also not changed drivers. Obviously, it's not. Well, it's fine for a bit of They're getting tyres as well on the Sean Creech car. So whilst it's fine for a stop for fuel and possibly tyres, obviously, as far as drive times are concerned, it's not really working at the moment. So most of them are staying on board. I think when the GTDs come past, come around in the next lap, we will see some driver changes. Though, I see some guys suited and booted on the wall. Checking to see with timing and scoring who else did changes in LMP2. Pietro Fittipaldi behind the wheel of the number 52 in Europol. George Curtis did behind the wheel of the CrowdStrike Orica. Nino Pino for United Autosport in the number two has got in Stephen Thomas in TDS number 11 Oringa Daniel Goldberg in the 22 PJ Hyatt steered aboard the number 99 AO Racing Oringa Ricky Taylor in the number 10 Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport Acura Pete Odorani stayed aboard uh, Sebastian Bourdais stayed aboard Luis Perez Compact has jumped into the Richard Meliev Corsa Number 88 LMP2. Felipe Naza for Porsche Penske Motorsport, the number seven car. Wayne Taylor, Louis Delatraz in the 40. What's up to the number 10? Seem to. Uh, oh, that was Ricky Taylor. I said that, yeah. So. Looking at further down the field, Nick Tandy stayed in the Porsche. His Porsche, the number seven. Richard Westbrook stayed in his JDC Miller Motorsport Porsche as well. Confirm those as they come round next time around. Here are the leaders in GTD. So I've got the number 14, Vassar Sullivan Lex has pulled in. They're currently second in GTD Pro, I believe. And we're having a driver change here. So different tactic employed in GTD. Mike Conway getting into the 14. He'll be plugged in for, a, I would imagine, quite a while now. He's going to be spending the rest of the afternoon at the wheel of the 14. Getting the wave off now for the GTD and GTD. That's GTD Pro and GTD for the Master Sullivan team. Done and dusted already on the exit lane. Yeah, it's a very different strategy. You're quite right, Joe. Virtually everyone I can see is changing drivers. I don't think the 34 Terezi Ferrari did, but I was looking the other way, but they seem to be, if they have done, the Triazi Ferrari is going to be done a pretty good job there. But uh, we'll find out in a second. But on the whole, it's drivers and fuel and tyres, and they're held at the end on a red, fla on a red flag, but the leading car is that, that pro Lexus, the 14 machine, followed by the, pro, the, uh, the GTD standard Lexus of the number 12. And the that really helped out the Chetelar Ferrari. 
Uh, it's going to be able to make up some positions as it eases its way back into the acceleration lane. Also uh, getting a bit of a break there as it comes out. The number 86 Porsche with the red light at the end of the pit lane. That's the... That's the rhubarb and custard machine that we were talking about earlier on. Sure, why we had the red light there? Was the car were the cars going past on the on the front straight, Jeremy? I did, didn't see didn't, it. Didn't see John, to be honest. No, but, uh, there were two cars I think did not make a pit stop there. Only uh, there's both in uh, G, well one in GTD. That'll be Simon Mann in car number twenty one, the uh, AF Corsa. Ferrari also not not making pits up number 60 car that's running in GTD Pro that is the uh, uh, number 60 Iron Lynx Lamborghini so they'll be at the head of the field once we go back to green and we heard uh, from the uh, the pit lane there shuffling some shuffling at the front of the order number 10 the big gainer there number uh, Ricky Taylor jumps from uh, sixth position as he was before the caution period up into the lead of this race from the uh, former former leader car number 31 Nick Damon is at the pit out area of thing for our crowd strike pit reports and um, we've already got one of the AWA Corvettes behind the wall and that didn't look clean to me for their pit stop for, for the remaining car yeah unfortunately it's kind of been a case of uh, deja vu all over again for them isn't it really because they effectively had a situation where they couldn't get the car to refire properly. And that's two of them. Now, the, the rumour is the issue with the 13 may well be a fuel pump. But then to bear in mind, AWA, with both their cars, completely sat out free practice four yesterday, which means they hadn't run the car for two days. And things can set... Oh, another got a caller here for the 22 United Autosports has come in again. So that's the... Uh, that's the second of the United Autosports. That's the one in the United Autosports cars. That has come in for another stop. Daniel Goldberg in the car. Not quite sure why. It's being held, but not obviously in the penalty. Oh, they're looking at the far side of the car. They are having a bit of a, a shifty in the right-hand side pod. It's not a number issue, is it? It's behind the number plate. And we've got the 60 Iron Lynx Lamborghinis coming a second time. Has, has a 21 uh, Ferrari, the AF Corsa machine. Those come come for a second stop. They're held on a red light. So that was the first stop for the Corsa, a bit late. Listening back to the United Autosports 22, they are try I think they have an issue with one of the panels. It's kind of an inspection panel, which is in the middle but lower end of the, what would be a traditional side pod in a Formula car. And they are screwing up all the, uh, the, the fasteners. And the fact is, there's not any damage yet. Just like the it's come away, which also you have an error issue and a cooling issue. Um, oh, and he's now just another 10 mil spanner and it fell off. In a kind of very traditional, and fell right into the, uh, the air, so I'd like to manage to get it back again. And they're now screwing this all up again, so it does seem to be a, a simple piece of uh, cleaning up the car to make sure there isn't a problem later. And back out again. Uh, ben Barnicourt, uh, we spoke to you on the grid, Ben, out of the number 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus. Um, you must be happy with that when you've come in there, first, uh, first roll of the, uh, the dice, so to speak. Yeah, great start to the race, you know, um, the Bass Sullivan Lexus Racing guys gave, gave me a rocket ship, in all honesty, I uh, had a great start, the, just managed to get round Christensen on the brakes, but it kind of looked like he had a tough stint and was struggling, went backwards slightly, uh, and then yeah, from there, just kind of settled into my rhythm, the Ritzy Ferrari looks really strong, you know, they came from 
a bit further back in the pack. I, I, I was going to ask you that, Ben, because they came through the pack. Is, is that, are you tempted to sort of, you know, push and try and keep with it? Ah, I mean, I was pushing hard, you know. I, <laughs> obviously, not, not everything we got because it's the start of a 24-hour race, but I wasn't hanging around either, you know. Um, you always want to try and stay at the front in these races. Makes it a little bit easier to manage. Um, so I was trying to do that, but, yeah, I had a bit more. He, he had the draft and just actually got in front of me before that yellow came out. So, annoyingly, I was going to do with holding him off for five seconds longer. But, um, you know, as you said, perfect start. Really happy. Great stuff. Thank you, up at the other end, it's Nico Verone out of the 17 AWA Corvette. Um, it's not been a very clean start for the team, and, and your car had problems getting away. Do you know what the issues are? Sorry, can you? It's not been a great start for the team. The 13s have problems, and also your car, the 17, had problems getting away. Do you know what the issues are? No, no. Actually, I just jumped out of the car, so, yeah, we I, I didn't know about the problems in the 13. But, yeah, it was quite a messy start. And, you know, a lot of GT cars, and it was a big mess, but... Luckily, we went through clean. Um, yeah, now we are. We we use the yellow to put Anthony in. Uh, we will try to to you know to start pushing and try to be good position for 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 the rest of the race. Have you got an idea now? You've run for 40 minutes or so. That of your pace relative to the other manufacturers. Yeah, well, I feel like we are a bit behind right now, uh, but also track conditions are a bit difficult. But um, yeah, I mean, we will try to do our best and try to fine tune things to to get there. Thanks for watching, guys. Nico Varone, the Argentinian Italian. Big drop uh, of uh, positions by the, uh, the car that came in in the lead yeah. in GTD Pro, the Risi Ferrari, the number 62 car. Uh, and that is, uh, that's a bit of a head scratcher. I didn't see uh, why that car should have a problem. That's up at Nick's end, so he's already striding purposefully there the pick exit order has been deemed correct after that little uh, red light incident where one or two people certainly looked out it came came in later but then found everybody had stacked up in front of them and we do have an incident between the number three chevy corvette and Antonio garcia and under review uh, with that car and the number 77 uh, now, I didn't see that, Jeremy, I've got to say, but race control see more than us. In the pits, presumably. Well, yes, I suppose it must have been, unless it happened just beforehand. Uh, Michael Christensen, yeah, EO Racing point. Porsche. Yeah. Um, they, uh, were, they, they, weren't, they, they were weren't not together on the I, racetrack. I was going to say, a couple of cars between no, them. No, there was half a dozen cars in between them, one, two, three, four, five cars in between them. Uh, by the way, I talked about the fact that number 21 and number 60 did not come into the pits with everybody else, but they did pit on the subsequent lap. They're allowed to do that. Oh, oh here we go. Uh, so they, they have put fallen back in the pack, and here we are, back to green flag racing. And it's back to, uh, back to business for Ricky Taylor, whose pit lane team turned them around. Now Porsche keys the race. There's no pit lane penalties, but you can make up in the pit lane as well and certainly that's what the WTR by Andretti or with Andretti Autosport have done and Ricky Taylor then ahead of uh, Sebastian Bourdais in second who's jumped people to Rani on the restart so a wholesale switch around at the front of the field with Felipe Naza still the best of the Porsches in Fourth position, Louis Delatraz aboard the Wayne Taylor Racing number 40 car. 
Conor De Filippi next up in the 25 BMW as they're on the high banks and heading towards turn two. That Great, str- interesting early strategy well, then to maybe a little bit less fuel than some of the other contenders for that Dwayne Taylor racing with Andretti team kind of a 10 to get it from 6th to 1st during the pit stops and while this battle starts to play out here are the first of the penalties for the 2024 uh, race pit lane protocol violation and that can cover yeah, multitude. a multitude yeah. of sins <laughs> Oh, my goodness, that's a big one. One, two, three cars. Uh-oh. TDS Racing are in there. This is LMP2, right in the middle of LMP2. Well. Spike. Spike's in there for AO Racing. This is at the Le Mans chicane. Two cars moving. Uh, three cars, I think, are involved there. We stay in green at the moment. I'll come back to those pit lane penalties in a second or two. This might just... Oh, change for third position as well as Felipe Naza has got past Pipo Durrani. So now it's Ricky Taylor from Sebastian Bourdais, the blue and black car. Oh, there's another crash, even a bigger crash. This is a Lexus involved and the high-class MTK LMP2 car. This is a turns two at the hidden corner, as it's often called. This will bring out the safety car. Damage all over the road. Uh, Damage bits of car all over the road there. Uh, Full course yellow number two. And it's the Pro Car, the number 14 Lexus, that has been involved. I was just about to tell you that all of the cars involved in the schmozzle at the back straight Le Mans chicane had started rolling again. We've got the whole of the engine cover the front end of the 14 on the road amazingly the number that's the Lexus that's uh, still rolling the number 20 LMP2 car which is driven by Dennis Anderson is rolling as well it was Mike Conway who just got in the Vassa Sullivan machine and that is spewing coolant out of the front onto the windscreen that's very hot coolant that is coming out and onto the oh, roof of the wow. car defending series champions at number 14 team now what happened coming through the chicane first of all well into Europol into the inside uh, of Spike and then following through what was the third no, it wasn't, car it wasn't in Europol it was TDS oh it's TDS sorry excuse me yeah. you're absolutely right saw Stephen the yellow Thomas. there uh, what was the third car involved there Jeremy that was the was it a 20 car? Was, was that Dennis Anderson again? It looked red and white. Uh, in fairness, oh, meantime, uh, the Lexus rather damaged, a bit second-hand, pre-loved as it comes back in. And windscreen, well, bits of carbon dropping off. There's a groove being worn into the left front Michelin by hanging bodywork and Mike Conway has decided probably best not to try and drive it any further as most of the coolant is on the windscreen or the roof. And he'll wait to be recovered from that. So did Dennis Anderson... Yeah, because was it Dwight Merriman? Who went off at turn one? Was that Dwight Merriman in car number 18? I think it was. It must have been Dennis Anderson, then the third car that was involved... 
over at the Le Mans chicane, John. I think it was Dennis Anderson who was involved in turn one. Two. Was it fine? Oh, in that case, maybe it was Dwight Merriman at uh, at the uh, Le Mans chicane. It looked like the number. He's been at the car. back of the pack. Well, let's see if we can pick the bones out of what happened. It was uh, oh yeah, big sideways motion from the Mortul number twenty. So it was. So Dennis, who'd already been yeah. off, I think at the chicane on the back straight then lost it on the exit of turn one looped back in front of Mike Conway in the Lexus and had who had nowhere to go yeah. and well that's a that's a headline we're not even an hour in to this uh, the pits will not reopen as we had just had the uh, pit stop a few moments ago. Looks like the number 20 and Dennis Anderson is actually getting back. It's left rear suspension issue with a left rear Michelin tilted out at a jaunty angle, which is not doing anything for the straight line stability of that car. Uh, other than that, it's actually in pretty good nick. The question for me, Jeremy, was that one incident for that car or two in pretty quick succession? Yeah. And... Um this uh, being within 15 minutes, if not 15 seconds, of the restart means that this like is a short yellow, so that it'll be just the clean-up. There will be no pits opening process, no white wave arounds, anything like that. So it will be just as long as it takes to get all that debris out of the way. It'll be quite a bit at turn turn two there. Uh, and whatever there is, I don't think... I don't think there are any cars remaining actually at Le Mans Chicane. I think they've got no, going not, again, f- not confirmed, Jeremy. Yeah. All three cars, yeah. despite so, that being such a quick area, yeah. it was it was started by the TDS car going down the inside. Uh, that's the Stephen Thomas driven number eleven, the y- yellow or black car. Uh, took a little bit too much curb onto the in part of the Le Mans Chicane, the left hander. That bounced him into PJ Hyatt in the AO racing machine. And yeah, it's an optimistic move from Stephen. Unusual for Stephen. He's, yeah, I mean, uh, he what do we talk about? Calm, patience yeah. in our Porsche case, the race. We, we've still got 23 hours plus to go. That's the thing, isn't it? And, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd lost a few positions uh, during the round of pit stops because he was running. Actually, he'd moved up to second place early on in the class in LMP2. He lost a couple of positions prior to the caution period. Then. Uh, he was trying to make him up again after the restart, and it's all gone wrong. I think it's, he was sticking his nose where it really didn't belong, particularly at this stage in the race. Well, it's, a, it's a bit like nerfing somebody off in free practice one, isn't it? it yeah. You, you kind of think, what are you going to learn by going full tilt? And even if somebody is a bit slower than you in front and you, you're on a quick lap or a quali sim or whatever... Um, yeah. Our Porsche keys the race would get to breakfast and beyond with no penalties, watching yourself in the traffic, making sure you don't use too many of the Michelin tyres that you've got in your axa, uh, that you've got in your allocation. Save some of them for the end of the race. But number one, calm, patience. 
Joe Bradley down in the pit lane. Dennis Anderson has just driven by you. Yeah, not quite. He's driven by and turned left, direct left, fluid uh, of some sort. I'll have a taste of that in a moment. Uh, coming from the car, steam pouring from the car. Uh, he hasn't quite made the left-hand turn, so he, just, he literally didn't have the lock, but now he's being uh, assisted by the officials to be able to get into the paddock. He's basically wanting to take this car straight back to the high-class racing uh, pit garage to affect any kind of repairs. Let me see if I can uh, take a look. What's the official make of that? That looks like coolant. That is very much coolant. I don't even have to taste that. Uh, yes, you were right about the left rear. Uh, that's pointing off at a jaunty angle. It's, uh, it's pointing not in the direction it should be. Uh, so that's going to be uh, quite a few of... Uh, that's quite quite a few suspension components are going to have to come out the store box Stuart Bradley as part of our crowd strike pit report and if you don't know Mr Bradley and don't follow him in our coverage of series all around the world he's not joking he has been known to run his fingers through the fluids in the Le Mans pit lane for Haggerty Radio Le Mans just to find out what it, if it's a bit more viscous, it's probably going to be oil. If it's a bit less, you'll have a sniff. It's a bit like looking, watching us, a grand sommelier working his way through. Uh, yeah. Quickest way, Joe says, to find out what's wrong with your car if it's leaking. Just get your fingers in it and have a sniff. See what's going on. The MDK High Class team have got the car ready to go back into its paddock area, Dennis Anderson walking rather ruefully behind the car and well if it was him the first time I think he spun in avoidance of what was going on at, um, at the Le Mans chicane but he certainly in the second incident uh, coming out of turn one he dropped a right rear Michelin onto the dirt and that precipitated a spin across the front of Mike Conway and the Lexus. Uh, Mike uh, absolutely not a fault there. No, really unfortunate for Mike and he'll, he'll feel really bad of course you know, he's the, the, the kind of the guest driver if you like uh, for the long distance races but uh, you know, done that for several times with this team in the past uh, but uh, he's not going to be driving in the full season in the number 14 car that will be as per last year, Jack Hawks with Ben Barnicker, who just had a fantastic season and uh, won uh, that class last year pretty comprehensively. Unfortunately, it all went wrong as Ben said he made a slight mistake at, at uh, Motul Petit Le Mans, had an incident there really before they got into their stride. That was their only bad result of the year. But uh, unfortunately, that misfortune has carried over here to Daytona. That's going to be tough to come back from that in this race oh, well, they're not going to be able to come back from that race we were wondering what happened to the Ferrari number 62, the Ricci Competizione absolutely carved through the field with Daniel Serra on board, Daniel is uh, an exceptionally quick driver, uh, it dropped down after the pit stop, I, I have to say Nick, I didn't see what, what ailed it in the pit lane, if indeed it was anything at all. What happened? Oh, there was an ailment. I mean, I must admit, since they've had two major incidents in a crash, but it is still running at the back. Um, the air jacks failed. Uh, the compressor bottle, the air system failed. They have now fixed it, but obviously it's cost them that time, and because uh, you obviously can't get the car up, you can't do anything else with it. And I think they had, it was also powering some of the fueling as well, so uh, uh, thanks to the team for giving me that info, but yeah, they, uh, they had an air jack failure. 
well, right. Thank you, Nick. Good hustle on that. Exactly what we expect from our crowd strike pit reporters. Dennis Anderson has got the high-class racing, the Matul-sponsored car, red and white machine, back to the garage. I really feel sorry for Mike Conway because he was absolutely not to blame for that. Two GT2 cars battling ahead of him. And Dennis Anderson actually looked like he was eased off the circuit by yeah. who he was uh, racing there. And a shake of the head from Mike Conway in the pits and absolute disbelief from the crew down in the pit lane as that was going on. That's a lot of work to get that car back out onto the track, if indeed it can be done. As there was a lot of coolant spraying out of that car, they may have done too much damage to the engine don't like to see that really don't like to see that as we've just gone through the first hour let's give you a quick rundown of what's happening Ricky Taylor for Acura leads for the number 10 WTR by Andretti Autosport with Andretti Autosport sorry then it's the Cadillac of Sebastian Bourdais the 0-1 car from Porsche number 7 Porsche Penske Motorsport Philippe Menaza Pipo Durrani, Wheel and Engineering Cadillac, the blue and white 31 is next up. Then it's Louis Delatraz for Acura in fifth position. Neil Janney, he's come through the field, hasn't he, Neil Janney, in the Proton competition. Porsche 963, that's the Mustang sampling coloured car, the black and gold car. That's right, John. Yeah, you made, you made up the, that team made up uh, two positions during the pit stops, and then he made another position on track after the restart. He got past number twenty-five BMW, which actually lost another position to the number six car. Number six Porsche uh, had fallen from fifth to uh, tenth during the pit stops, but has already made it back up to seventh place, John. I'll interrupt the VP Racing update for a pit report from Joe Bradley, who's got Brendan Hartley. Yeah, Brendan Hartley out the Conicum and all the team. Brendan, we spoke to your team principal, Wayne, Wayne Taylor, uh, yesterday. Um, and he wasn't happy. But I, you know what? I think you guys, you know, you could still win this using strategy, etc. Yeah, the guys are good on strategy. They know how to win the race. And they've got us to the front. Um, we're definitely struggling with a little bit of pace at the moment. But let's see if it, let's see if it comes to us. So, yeah, long, long way to go. Would you agree with the, uh, with the description of it uh, you know, it's a race of 25 sprints over 24 hours. Yeah, it's been full gas so far. So, yeah, it will be. Thanks, man. There's uh, a, uh, a very sort of doer feeling uh, in that team at, at the moment. And uh, we've got... We're going back to green in a second, so let me finish off the VP Racing updates it is crowd striker george kurtz in the 04 that leads lmp2 from nico peño for united autosport in the two and pietro fittipaldi for in the europol in the yellow and green 52 in gt rnt let's leads for valisa sullivan his team car at the side of the track at the moment the gtd pro then it's uh, andrea caldarelli for iron links that's a pro car ollie jarvis for faf Antonio Garcia for Corvette Racing and we are back to green after the VP 
racing update and already pushed out and wide that was people Durrani trying to fight his way through and cars going a little bit wider than I think they really wanted to do that through turn one side by side into the kink down the inside here comes the Porsche Penske Motorsport car this is a very impressive restart by Philippe Nasser who's up into second and tracking now the Acura Acura Porsche and then Cadillac behind the Cadillac up the inside for Nick Tandy on the number 40 Acura which was right up there as well on the restart for Louis Delatraz but he's lost a couple of places that was the car that went wide and turned one on the restart by that is quick though on the high side Delatraz getting a good run in front car still weaving around Delatraz is going to try and tough it out through the Le Mans chicane Nick Tandy having none, nothing of that at all in the number 6 the 6 Porsche by the way with the white swooshes and the white pinstripes the 7 with the black swooshes on the side the black pinstripes it's an easy way to spot them from a distance if you haven't mm -hmm. downloaded the brilliant spotter's guide for, by Andy Blackmore, please do. Side by side for second position across the line, separated by, well, nothing. 0. 0.000, yeah, that's what it looked like. Uh, Bourdais, did he get that position from NASA? Yeah, he just holds on to it. So it's the uh, Cadillac still in second place, so it's Acura, uh, Cadillac, Porsche, and the second of the Cadillacs, Pipa Durrani, it led up until that first caution period into the fourth position. Streaking out through to the far end of the infield from us. Taylor still leading it from the gold-fronted Cadillac in second. Third is Philippe Nasser for Porsche Penske Motorsport. People Durrani warming up his tyres in the Cadillac and looking a little more racy in fourth position as they're up onto the high banks. And we saw this last year, didn't we? How good the Acuras were on the restart. And it would seem that they've still got that advantage from last year. Whatever else uh, may be troubling Wayne Taylor. The restart pace is not one of the things that he's clearly worried about at the moment. It's been a cracking restart by Ricky Taylor. Bordet in second. Gets a good exit from the... Le Mans chicane. Yeah. Still 22 hours and 54 minutes to go or thereabouts. Here comes the Cadillac. This is the long run from the Le Mans chicane through Speedway 3 and 4 onto the tri-oval. Cadillac will go high. Bordier looks to the wider entry to turn one. Now dives down to the inside and hits the first of two APCs in turns in a double Apex turn one. Now through into the International Horseshoe. Extra little dab on the brakes in the middle of the horseshoe there by Ricky Taylor. As if he was just trying to hold the car on the inside. Also checks up the Cadillac behind him. That's smart. Park the car on the apex. It makes it very hard for people to go by. And he's a defensive into the far end of the infield again. All the way out to the yellow curbs on the short stretch of straight that takes him down to turn number six. Flicks the car into the left-hand side. 
Takes a nice wide entry, trying to put as little steering movement on as possible. Steering scrubs off speed. And he's got a five, six, seven maybe cars lengths advantage as he heads through. Speedway turn number two. That will be enough to keep him ahead, I think, as he gets down to the Le Mans chicane. Nasa still in third, fourth for Devrani. Behind them, it's Nick Tandy, yeah. Louis Delatraz, Richard Westbrook's had a good restart in the bright yellow JDC Miller Motorsport Porsche. Yeah, those are the two cars that are moving forward, certainly at this stage. Number six car in particular, having taken the uh, the first restart in 10th position in the class, now up to fifth in GTP. That's Nick Tandy in car number six. And the top six cars, well, pretty much knows, tell me there's a little gap between first and second. But Bordet certainly got a little bit of straight line speed advantage over the Acura. And he's got to sweep around the outside. Wow into turn one to take the lead Sebastian Bourdais now can he hold it on the track the Acura pulls a tighter line and drops straight back in he was looking at that last time around but then he dived to the inside but he was clearly sizing something up there takes the lead and pulls away on that infield section through the flat out left dog leg the kick Cadillac leads the 60 second Rolex 24 hours at Daytona from Acura, from Porsche. Acura in fourth, Porsche in fifth. Those five cars with just a wee bit of a gap beginning to establish themselves at the front of the field. Actually, I say that, and Richard Westbrook has closed right in in the bright yellow JDC Miller car. Westy's come to life after the restart. He's hunting down the second of the Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport Acura is the red, sort of the chrome red and black car. Westy not in a position to be able to pull out to the left through the Le Mans chicane. Pretty even through there for that battle for fifth and sixth at the head of the field. Bordier's now the Acura's, well, Bordier's gone. He's lifted, lifted, lifted the afterburners and... Yeah, side by side behind him as Tandy comes up to the high side. Nick Tandy, who started his career in oval racing in the UK, goes to the high side, trying to take fourth position away from Delatraz. Delatraz holds on with a late-breaking manoeuvre down into turn number one. But Tandy trying very hard, and his teammate now right with the other Acura. So the Acuras coming off the safety car really well, but now seemingly struggling for a little bit of pace. This is why Wayne Taylor has been a worried man this week. Big defensive move into the Western Horseshoe by the second-place car of Ricky Taylor. NASA is all over him. He's going down the inside into turn six. No, thinks better of that. Probably just as well, to be honest. Delatraz closes in for a moment. Behind him, it's Tandy. Richard Westbrook looking to make up time as well. Tandy was actually ahead at the line of Pipo Durrani. So, Bordet, Taylor, Nazza, Durrani, Tandy, Delatraz, Westbrook. That's your top seven. At IMSA Radio, by the way, if you want to get in touch with us. That's a good couple of seconds and more. Isn't it, uh, Jeremy, that's bought a... Quite true, probably, but uh, 
he certainly took off there like a scolded cat, didn't he? And these Porsches looking really, really strong at this point. There goes... Uh, the second one's dropped back a bit, hasn't he? Nasser through to second. Durrani in third, battling with Ricky Taylor. So Ricky Taylor now struggling for pace after a good restart. Ricky Taylor down to fourth. Durrani to third. Behind them, Nick Tandy and Richard Westbrook both got past Louis Delatraz last time around. So both of the actuaries fading as they get into the stint off the restart. Quick off the restart, really quick off the restart. But what are we? Three laps in, four laps in, and they've both lost positions. Yes, um, I mean, you know, they've been saying all the way along 1.7 seconds uh, the gap between first and second on that lap, even with that change of position. But uh, Bourdais there, that was his uh, 136.8 last time around. His best lap in this race, a 136.0. Uh, but uh, the Acuras have been they've been saying since the beginning of the roar that they're, they don't have the pace that they need. These, those cars are quite a bit heavier than they were last year here. 42 kilos is the minimum weight that they have to uh, carry around more than they had one year ago. The Cadillacs are the same weight as they were in 2023. The uh, BMWs are almost exactly the same, just one kilo heavy, heavier than they were. And the Porsches are 21 kilos heavier than this time last year. Just looking at the GT times, pretty much everybody in the field have dropped a couple of seconds to where they were earlier in the race. The air temperature staying steady at 26, track at 34. Remember, they are running through their tyre allocation. Got a couple of penalties to tell you about. Overtaking under yellow. And the cars are, that are going to have to come through the pit lane. Wayne Taylor Racing's Lamborghini. Kai Marcelli in the number 45. As I say, that is a pass under yellow. And the other car that is in trouble for that. It is the number 9292. And that car again will have to come in under yellow. Uh, excuse me, as a drive through for its pass under yellow. That's to the Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche. David Brulli behind the wheel of that car. 22 hours and 45 minutes to go. Let's take an update from our CrowdStrike pit reporter, Nick Damon. Uh, yes, we have a rejoiner, the AWA 13 uh, uh, call that didn't start, didn't go properly at all. Uh, had information, actually, that they found that the problem was power steering related. I'm not sure how it stops the car starting, but I'm assuming it's a knock-on effect of electrical issues and hydraulic issues uh, that has now been fixed, and it has rejoined the race. So, back and going, but a few laps to make up. Uh, Nick, sorry to... Have they got to the bottom of it, though? Sorry, I, I was listening to George telling me something else. Uh, well, we got a, 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 we have a, a link to the uh, the Corvette uh, uh, information line, and they have stated it was a power steering issue that caused it. Right, thank you. Jeremy will note that down because he likes to uh, keep meticulous notes. Lap charting at the moment, so power steering issue at the start of the race for that AWA number 13 car. At IMSA Radio, radio, if you'd like to get in touch, people all around the world are. I'm, I am looking, I promise. We've had quite a bit of uh, action going on. So thank you very much to Alvin, to Form 5411, to Cameron, 
Zhuan. Utkash 77 to uh, David Kilthard. Not that one. Uh, and to My Bloody Valentine's as well. Thank you for the sound and vision. The snark is in Sydney. We started there at 5.40 in the morning. It hurt to get up, already been worth it. Hello to everybody down under. Plenty of support for this type of racing. And not too long before Australia's international enduro. The 12 hours at Bathurst. For the, the Repco uh, 12 hours at Bathurst this year. We'll have sound and vision coverage for that so we can go and see our friends and enthusiasts in Australia and we'll pipe that back to the US in a cultural exchange if you will we'll send you Daytona in return for a bit of Bathurst in a couple of weeks time how does that sound uh, as a trade pretty good eh Richard Westbrook continuing his charge just got past Nick Tandy last time around up into fourth position then for JDC Miller Motorsports that uh, Banana boat, Canaba 85. He's really charging. And uh, the two Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Acura slipping back. Rudelatraz is uh, now caught up with Ricky Taylor. And they're running in the sixth and seventh positions. The two BMWs uh, have exchanged places. They've taken up residence at the back of the pack in GTP after the restarts. Uh, and they've just changed places with Jesse, Jesse Crone in car number 24 just sneaking past Conor Di Filippi last time around. So 24 ahead of 25. Meanwhile, in LP2, Nico Pino is uh, pulling away at the front pretty rapidly from Pietro Fittipaldi, who's a late change in car number 52. That's the PR1 uh, Matheson Motorsports by, well, into Europol by PR1 Matheson Motorsports, that uh, yellow and green car. Uh, Clement Novolak had some difficulties yesterday and uh, has been replaced today for, by uh, by Pietro who as far as I know hasn't driven a lot I don't know when he last drove this car but it's been a while uh, certainly hasn't driven it up until don't know, pretty sure he didn't drive it yesterday it's just last night the change was made so Pittipaldi is running in second position at the moment in car number 52 and pulling away from George Kurtz in third position in LMP2 car number 18 that penalty for the pass under yellow. A drive through for Dwight Merriman. That was the uh, third of the pass under yellow's penalties. We documented the other two. Sebastian Bourdais, having got that pass done, Jeremy, he's now in traffic again, but still clocking on in a most impressive and uh, applied way let's not forget by his own admission he didn't take to these cars at all to start with he was struggling with the brake by Rob Wyatt not the only driver that we can say that about remember that bizarre incident we had at Long Beach in the run down to the first corner where Sebastian ended up with the wall on drivers left he has worked really hard with the engineers to get the car predictable for where he wants to be. And my goodness, 
once he's got the confidence in a car, he's picked it up by the scruff of the neck and thrown it around racetracks for pretty much the, the whole of the second half of last season, and clearly it's carrying into 2024. Yeah, yeah, no major surprises there. No. I suppose. There goes uh, Bordeaux across the line. That completes his 39th lap, lap time. Pretty clear, pretty well, no, he had, he had some GT cars to pass on that last lap, but uh, 1 minute 38.3. 30, 1 minute 38 seems to be the kind of benchmark time when they're working their way through traffic, and they can do sort of 36 is uh, when there is no traffic, i.e. after the restarts, because clear laps are uh, not that common once this race gets underway with 59 cars still out on the racetrack, so... It's got about uh, just over a second in hand at the moment. Sebastian Bourdais in that number zero one car. The yellow and black Cadillac. And uh, Cadillac Porsche. Cadillac Porsche is the uh, top four at the moment. Another Porsche in fifth position. Then the pair of Acuras. Jeremy Sean, John Hindoff for this stint. Hello to Jonty's Corner. Uh, who... Literally, I almost choked on my drink when I saw up your when I saw your uh, race recovery tweet at IMSA Radio. If you're not following along, you should be. Going to say hello as well to Pork Chop at Apollo Cars. No, he's a big enthusiast for this type of racing and for what we do. Thanks, mate, for tuning in. 22 hours and 38 minutes to go at IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us uh, the Twitter feed is blowing up at the moment uh, Droid Andy tuning in for the northeast of England 2024 racing has begun, certainly has and in what style Bordet doing what Bordet does he's pulled out 2.1 seconds Philippe Nasser in second Cadillac, Porsche Cadillac, Porsche, Westy, since the restart, the second restart. Remember, this is not as if everybody went into the pits and made changes because that was a quickie yellow. And so nobody could go into the pits. And Richard Westbrook now just five seconds off the lead in LMP2. It's United Autosports, that lead in the number two car. With his second place, the inner Europol Pietro Fittipaldi. Now, he didn't even know he was coming here until quite right. late. Yeah, yesterday, last night. Uh, and uh, yeah, a couple other people on the move. I mean, that, that's been a great charge by Richard Westbrook. You know, since that restart, I don't know whether he changed tyres on that car, conceivably, in the number 85, compared to the other contenders in GTP. But he's certainly taken advantage of whatever it is to move forward. He took the restart in the... Uh, ninth position in colour 85 and as John said up to fourth place now the other guy that's on the charge in GTD Pro is Joey Hand in the Ford Mustang the Multimatic number 65 he's up to fifth place in GTD Pro and uh, right behind his old sparring partner Tommy Milner in the in the new Corvette so two brand new cars there Chevrolet and Ford both producing new GT3 cars this season. That's going to be a fabulous battle that unfolds during this 2024 season. Hello to starting from the pits. First time watching IMSA, and I'm hooked. Where have you been? Do you have a note from your parents? Really? Come on. 
Brian Rudinger. Yeah, guys, rock. Thanks for the fantastic coverage in the stands, listening to your wonderful voices through the headsets. That would be on 107.9 WWDIS. Thanks to Mike and the rest of the team here. Good to have your company. There's a rocket launch right before the finish of the Rolex tomorrow. Yes, there is. Seriously? Falcon 9. There's a Falcon 9. I saw uh, one of those go off from, from Vandenberg on the West Coast about a couple of weeks ago. Very uh, cool. It's, it's very impressive, isn't yeah. it? I saw I mean, one. I, mean, I live about 100 miles away. I can still see it going well, through the sky. It's just I awesome. managed to see a shuttle launch many years ago yes, uh, from too. the gates, right at the gates, side by side. This isn't rocket silence. This is a pass for position, and through goes Felipe Nasser on P. Porterani. Well, he was ahead of him. Yeah, the Tirani must have got back ahead of him then. Oh. That's that's right. Uh, Bordin Nasser Tirani, Westbrook. It was. So I take my eyes off the screen for a moment. Yeah, quite. That's the point here. That's going to be, we're going to be saying that a lot, aren't we? Uh, meanwhile, in GTD, uh, we've got a new, well, new first first place GTD car. It's now the Pro Car. Andrea Caldarelli on the last lap got past Aaron Tielitz. So it's number six, 19 uh, Iron Lynx Pro Lamborghini Huracan of Andrea Caldarelli that is best place of the GT cars. And we just got past Aaron Tielitz, who still leads in the non-pro class up into third of all the GT, GTD cars is Oliver Jarvis uh, who is running right ahead of the uh, Corvette of Antonio Garcia Jarvis of course driving the FAF Motorsports McLaren this year that team switching across from Porsche to head the to, to, to form the second McLaren uh, entry in this championship. The other car, number 70, Inception Racing entry, is running in GTD, the FAF car in GTD Pro. Got a lot of interest down under for this race, a lot of support to Hunter McElray making his Rolex 24 debut in the LMP2. Number 11, Stephen Thomas driving that TDS racing car at the moment. Stephen Hopper and Sasha Hutchinson uh, among those of you who are tuned in at IMSA Radio would like to get in touch with us see some pictures as well of your uh, setups down there I know many of you will have more screens than we do at the moment Alex Orton back in the UK and I'm seeing a lot of new people here uh, Can-Am VRL all is right in the world great to be watching the race and listening to you guys thank you very much Alex Stanger, Sven Johnson watching from Sweden. IMSA International Motorsports yes. Association. And this race is right back where it should be as far as I'm ger concerned, Jeremy, and has been for a couple of years now, which is absolutely at the sharp end of international competition, both in terms of the manufacturers, the teams and the drivers. And... Uh, IMSA have done a great job in ensuring that this event, the relatively speaking, the sharp end of the season, the, the beginning of the season, is back to what it was many years ago, which was top class. Absolutely right. 33 nationalities represented on the starting grid uh, of the uh, 228 drivers. There's, uh, well, 229 are listed, but of course Ben Keating is driving two cars again, as is his, is, is his want. The most, um, from any one country, unsurprisingly, of course, is the US, 
with 60 drivers. UK next on 33, 17 Italians, 15 French, 13 Canadians, 12 from Germany, 11 from Denmark and on down from there. Yeah. Hello to all who competed in the iRacing Daytona 24, including three legs, four wheels, and Evolution Sim Racing. That was last weekend. Huge entry for that, one of their marquee events. Peter Mackay doing the comms on that at various stages. Number three, Corvette. I can hear that in the background. And off has gone the United Autosport LMP2. It's the 22 machine going into Goldberg. the International Horseshoe. And that is Daniel Goldberg who gets back on to the circuit. Looked like he got a little bit of help there. He was going down the outside of some other traffic. He is rolling, but slowly on the infield. He's got damage. Oh, dear me. Well... If there's a crab shack down at the other end of the infield, he's moving perfectly towards that. That is not tracking straight. Goldberg then will get this car back. We're staying green at the moment. Goldberg trying to stay out of the way. The worry will be that something else breaks on that car. It's right rear suspension. Joe Bradley's at that end of things. He was catching up to the Ranch 74 car. Oh, and he just checked up a little bit too hard, locked up the left front Michelin, which spun him around and backed it in the wrong way with the right rear going in first to the tyre barrier. He needs to be off the bank in there and down on the flat stuff, I think. Uh, Joe Bradley, I think, is in that area of the pit lane. Joe Bradley? Yeah, yes, I am, Joe, but I've just caught up with Catherine Legg before she goes for a break. Catherine... Uh, out of the 66 Gradient Racing Acura, you started the car, and I've just got to say, what an outstanding first stint of this race that was. Oh, thank you very much. It's actually really tricky because you know you can't win a 24-hour race in the first stint. So you want to keep it clean and you want to be sensible, but you also don't want to be swallowed up. And uh, I don't think... I think we played it okay. Everybody was, you know, trying to get in the position that they thought they were worthy of and uh, some cars were, were faster than others obviously and we were just trying to all find our feet out there. Still a long way to go as they say. I'll let you get your bait. <laughs> Thanks Cad. I'll head down to United uh, John to see if they're... Uh, the, the thing is when something like this happens to the cars they tend to be sometimes pushed straight back to the paddock. The team can assess uh, yeah. what they see on the screen and make that decision and that, radio to the driver. But we'll head down there just in case. Yeah, I suspect that's what will happen, Joe. They'll have seen the same pictures as me. I've had the binos on that car as well. Uh, out of the track at the moment, Wright Motorsport number 120. Sunny Hayes, uh, not the weather forecast at the moment. That's a fictional character. We had uh, Jerry Bruckheimer with the command and the green flag. This is the part of the story arc for a motorsport movie now bear with us on this because I know motorsport movies don't have um, a great history particularly for those of us who actually work and watch motorsport this one includes Brad Pitt and they've been doing some filming last year in Formula One but IMSA Racing 
is part of, as I say, of that story arc. Hearing that last year's Formula One filming is going to be junked and they'll do it again this year because of the delays with the writers' strike puts that film that they did last year sort of puts it, dates it and they can't easily replicate it to finish it off in the quest for realism so I expect to see that again it's various Formula 1 races but nice to see some sports car racing getting some coverage in what I'm sure will be a blockbuster if uh, it involves the uh, people who are all big names in that. Shea Adam is back with us in the pit lane. Has just watched a couple of pit stops. Just had the CrowdStrike car in. That was fuel only for George Kurtz, although they did open the passenger side, if there were a passenger side in LMP2, and give him a nice cold drinks bottle. So that should hopefully refresh him for this next stint. So Nico Pino, who leads in LMP2 in the uh, the, car, the United All Sports entry that did not have the problem. That is the, the wins liberated car, car number two, Nico Pino from Chile. Leads by about four or five seconds from Pietro Fittipaldi in that very distinctive yellow and green into Europol by PR1 Matheson Motorsports entry. Uh, third place now is, uh, or was, Luis Perez Componc in the uh, number 88 car. For AF Corsa, he's just onto the pit lane as well. And in for the number 10, this is Ricky Taylor for Acura. And this is a surprise. They're doing fuel and right side tires now, waiting for the mechanics to run around to do the left sides as well. Yes, they are. But Ricky is coming in with all of the other LMP2 runners, the only LMP2s to stay out another couple of laps, at least for right now. I haven't yet seen Tower Motorsport, and I have not yet seen uh, the 52. So the inner Europol car, that will be coming in. And Kuba did not start the race. He's up on the wall, ready to take over. So glad to see that that is all righted. Uh, Tower is now in the lane, and we wait for inter Europol. It's going to be fuel and tires for all of these LMP2 cars that are in now, including Spike the Dragon, the number 99 for AO Racing, and the 11 TDS. That's still Stephen Thomas behind the wheel of that car. Fuel and tires for it as well. Shea Adam, one of our crowd strike pit reporters. 10 rolls back out again from Conning Minolta Acura, right ahead of it. The Ranch 74 car pulling out of its pit lane. Pit box, should I say. P2 regular stops as well at the other end. And that will be slightly frustrating. That number 74 car has gone out ahead. That was Gar Robinson who, Robinson who brought the car in. And I think she stayed behind the wheel. expecting to see Gar do a very long stint. Also coming in the remaining United Autosport car, the 22 has gone behind the wall immediately after that brush with the tyres down at the International Horseshoe. The Wins Mission Food car in the pit lane. Nico Pino out of the lead in LMP2. Pietro Finipaldi right opposite me as well in that that's 52 cars, a very quick stop by Inter Europol. They're waiting for, now is that left rear they're waiting for? Oh no, they're waiting on fuel. I couldn't see the fuel hose because it's so low down. You just see somebody bending down there. A little bit of wheel spin. 
again, didn't see a driver change on that one, but she will confirm that as it goes past her. And Kuba Gimasiak uh, then jumping into that car. he went through so that was a change of driver thank you shit I'm in Kuba Shemowski not uh, Gimasiak sorry Jakob hasn't come up on the screen yet but it will yes Shemowski out in that car which means Pietro Filipaldi can have a quick chat with Shea Adam, we'll get to that in a moment. Action up on the high banks, side by side, down into turn number one. Very tight indeed with Pipo Durrani mm. and Richard Westbrook goes through into third place in that number 85 JDC car. Excellent, excellent driving. Down on the inside first of all, then had to go around Car Robinson. Oh, and in fact, he touches the 74. Ranch Resort car, so that was the yellow Richard Westbrook car, got through and then slid down the inside on the transition. For a moment, it looked like the Whalen Cadillac would get back in front. Westy into the braking area down the inside of Gar Robertson and has managed to make that pass stick. Meantime, Shea Adam has stayed down at Inter Europol and has Pietro Fittipaldi. Yeah, and thanks for Pietro for the quick conversation before you even really get to debrief. But just a quick debrief there with Jonathan Bomarito. You didn't have time to worry about this race, to think about it for a long time. Has that changed the entire experience of the Rolex for you? Yeah, it's very different. I mean, uh, unfortunately for the team, you know, Clement got injured and then they, they called me yesterday. I was in Indianapolis, flew in here this morning, arrived at 3 in the morning and straight on the seat fit. So the team did a great job and... Uh, Went straight out to green flag racing, no practice. So not an easy task, but I'm looking forward to the challenge and doing a good job for, for the whole team because they've, they've been preparing uh, very well. When was the last time you actually drove an LMP2 car? The last time we drove it was with uh, Team Joda in WEC in Bahrain, and we finished on the podium, so we got to keep that momentum up. Yeah, now all three drivers, well, three of the four drivers have cycled through. Is that just thinking, keeping everybody fresh because it's so warm or giving everyone an opportunity to see the rhythm of the race? Yeah, I mean, this race, you know, it's always the end that counts. So I got in for the first time trying to get in rhythm. I mean, first time out on track and just get a rhythm with the traffic. It's so much traffic racing. So, uh, but yeah, then carry the momentum onto the night and then tomorrow morning. Good luck keeping the streak alive. Thank you. Crowd Strike pit reporter Shea Adam there. 107.9 FM around the circuit. Around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of audio and video channels. Sirius XM, channel 202 as well for this race. And for all of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship races this year, the race will be flag to flag once again on Sirius XM. If you go to their webpage and search IMSA, I-M-S-A, it'll take you to the page. And that updates normally in the week of the event, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, for a Saturday or a Sunday race. So when we get to Sebring, it might change channel. But we've also got an FM uh, down there as well with the local affiliate. 
handing its uh, airways back to us. Yeah, just looking in, in, in LMP2, we just heard from uh, Pietro Filippoldi, who's sharing that that uh, jumped into that car at very, very uh, late notice. Just looking also a little bit farther back, in the, up now into fifth position, is Matt, Matty Brabham making his debut in the IMSS WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Hugely experienced driver, of course, in all sorts of different categories. He'll drive anything, anywhere, anytime. I mean, most of his driving has been in the, uh, the Robbie Gordon's uh, Trucks series in the last few years. But he's done a lot of Trans Am as well. You name it, actually, he's done it. But uh, Matthew becomes the fifth family member to race in the, in the Rolex 24 after Grandpa Jack. Uh, he ran here in 1970. His dad, uh, his, his father, i.e. Matthew's father, Jeff, finished second here in 91. And his uncles, David, who was second in 92, also won a DP class in, in, uh, in, in 03 as well. And, uh, and, and, and Jeff's brother, Gary, he's raced here as well in the past. So great to see Matt Brabham having this opportunity to join the AO Racing entry. Kind of in 99, just moved past Gar Robinson into the fifth place in that class and next in his sights will be the number 88 AF Corsa car with, uh, with uh, Lilo Wadu driving that car at the moment. She's very impressive. She does a really, really good job. She was part of the WEC Young Driver uh, program last year. Got an opportunity to drive. Did she drive the Toyota? Let's go down to share Adam in the pit as we have Porsche number seven from Porsche Penske Motorsport coming into the pit lane. Pick up that in a moment after an incident on the far side of the track from us. That was the BMW M V8 going off. But no harm, no foul. Just a grassy moment there for that car. Shay, what's going down at Porsche Penske Motorsport? Dane Cameron has climbed aboard his number seven full season ride, this mighty steed, which has done him well in the past, driving for Penske. Uh, for the captain, as a matter of fact, he's won championships for him, never been on the podium of this big race. Mr. Penske not winning this race for a very long time in the modern iteration of sports cars, as a matter of fact. Fuel and four tires for Dane Cameron as he is sent out of the pit lane right behind them. FAF Motorsport is in for their first racing pit stop with McLaren. Interesting way for Ollie Jarvis to clamber out of the car. He basically ducked underneath the door as now they are installing Marvin Curvarcher for the second driver. We wait also for the number six to be coming in because the other Porsche Penske Motorsport car coming into the pit lane here in just a couple of seconds and that too will be a driver change to Matthew Chamonix. Pit stops continuing up and down the pit lane. McLaren leaving. And that was the Inception car. Good to see the Inception team back as well. Dane Cameron, as you heard here, said that to Dane Cameron getting in the Porsche Penske Motorsport machine. As Sebastian Bourdais comes into the pit lane. The 0-1 Cadillac hitting its marks perfectly. Driver change going on here. Scott Dixon climbing aboard for Sebastian Bourdais. So I know my next interview target. They are doing four tires and fuel as a couple of boxes up also into the pit lane. 
JDC Miller Motorsports. That looks like Timon Vanderhelm might be climbing aboard that car. Um, actually, it might be the helmet of Phil Hansen. I'm a little bit too far back to be able to see it clearly, but they also are doing four tires and fuel as four tires and fuel for the number six Penske Porsche, as previously noted, and four tires and fuel for the number 40. That is the second Wayne Taylor Andretti Motorsports machine, and that car is also getting a driver change. So Louis Delatra is out, and now both of the BMW team and the RLL cars have scrambled their crews up onto the wall. Looks like we're going to be getting two driver changes here as well. Nick Yellily climbing aboard the number 25, and Philip Bang in the 24. Found out what happened to change over Richard Westbrook and Pete Tarani before these pit stops. Richie got back, Richie got him back, and I'm indebted to James Gibson for that. He slightly got, uh, I think, stuck behind traffic and then came back through. Uh, hello to France and Coupe de Couture de la Giotte. James Gibson, we've mentioned, Ian Katz, sometimes grouchy guy at IMSA Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with us, if you're spotting something you think we could be mentioning, then please give us a shout, particularly to those of you here on 107.9 here at the circuit. Got a guest. I've had to sit down to, to do this one because... Uh, my guest is vertically challenged. He Very. can't. He can't stand it. Johnny Herbert, hey. 1991 Le Mans winner. Uh, here. How are you? How are good you? A long you. time no see. Yeah, very long time no see. No, really good. Good to be it. My first time. Nowhere. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, when it was sort of the IMSA sports cars, uh, the American Le Mans series, of course, they were split. Correct. Weren't they? So this was never on our diary. So we never ever never ventured this way. Sadly. But oh, what a what a venue, eh? It's a fantastic I'm, place. This place empty is quite impressive. <laughs> but, yes. you know, as you can see, the infield's absolutely kicking. Come back tonight when it's dark. I will do, don't worry. This is outstanding. So, uh, come to take this in as a, just as a spectator. You're going to make a, a dashing comeback. I know, because I'm I've 60 seen this. this year, but go on. <laughs> yeah, but that's just another downgrade, mate. Does that take I you think down that to could a be silver? a positive thing. Yes, I think it's, a, it what, it's, a, it's a super bronze, super I would imagine. <laughs> I, I keep my FIAC license up and it's down to so and so's like you that I can't get a drive you and no, Brunt no, 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 both no. bronzes now. No, no, no. No, I'm here. I'm here to obviously still to see the, the race over the weekend, which is great. Load of cars, another sort of great great uh, British uh, racing car manufacturer that's coming back into racing, so we're here this weekend having having a lot of uh, chats with various people and that's a very exciting new venture uh, that's going on but of course the racing is something that's still in my blood I still do a little bit of go-kart not racing but just testing um, and it, you can never get it out and like you said John am I going to make a comeback you never know well say never. I thought you were going to say hang off I've never left <laughs> that's a- <laughs> I know you can still get into your 1991 Le Mans winning race suit. Because uh, I've it, seen you do that. Uh, yeah, it's tight, but I do get into it. Yes, very tight. It's only a problem when you have to breathe out, isn't it? <laughs> it's actually both. When, I can't do either. When, when you think back yeah. to the cars of that era, and you drove for a number of different manufacturers, the screaming triple rotor Mazda, yeah. obviously, we think of you in that fabulous, fabulous win. And then you look at these GTP cars. Uh, some people would say these cars aren't as sophisticated, but they, no, these they are, are they unbelievable. Are. No, they're unbelievably uh, sophisticated. And uh, you know what I like about it as well? They look mean. Don't they? They look really, really cool. And I know all the drivers that drive them thoroughly and dr- like, love driving them as well. And that's all the different cl- classes we've got, the four classes we've got here this weekend. 
they look in such good condition and the drivers thoroughly enjoy driving driving the cars. And that's how it should be. Enjoyment is a very important part. We, we were talking about drivers of a certain age, and your name did come up <laughs> the, the other day about this in, in this one of the worrying. other sessions, about who you would put in a GT3 team, like a Legends team, to represent a particular manufacturer. And, of course, Bentley came up when we thought straight away of you, yeah. Dindor, Smithy, to yep. go back and do maybe, I don't know, Nürburgring 24. How does that yeah. I, well, I've only, I have done that only once. Did that with Mark, Marky Blundell, strangely enough, in a, in a VW. So, yeah, they, I, I think there are things that maybe, you know, you could sort of get together some of the old, the old boys to have a go in the race. It's, it's like anything. As long as the enjoyment factor is there, they want to do it, then uh, I'm up for it. Can you organise it? Uh, I know people. <laughs> so do well, I. Brundle's already... Uh, uh, Brundle's already done it, of course. He did it with his son. Yes, yeah. With Alex, and uh, there's an opportunity there. That's a different race altogether than something like this, though. And, but the GT, I mean, even now the GT3 cars are, are so sophisticated, aren't they? Yeah, oh, pretty much so. Well, I always remember when I drove the Aston Martin in was it, 2007, I think it was, I was so surprised with how much grip that, that they had. They were absolutely brilliant things to drive. And I think that is just the lovely thing that you've got the top class, the quickest cars out there. You've got sort of the, the slower cars out there as, uh, as well. And uh, they all have the same uh, ability for the drivers to push it to that very, very limit. It might be a little bit slower, but that is what it's all about. It's pushing the cars to the limit. Are we in another... You were in a golden age yeah. when, when you were racing. Is this another golden age? When you see... A new Ford GT3, yep. a new Corvette GT3, a new Ford GT4 as well, for goodness mm-hmm, sake, that mm-hmm. we saw racing yesterday. Never mind what's going on in, in GTP at the front of the field. This is a canny little battle just on the uh, on the high banks at the moment with the Ferrari chasing down the Ford at the moment. That's uh, uh, Daniel Serra getting on the back of Joy Hand in GTT Pro. Yeah. They'll come in this time around, both of those cars. Meantime, Scott Dixon is with Dane Cameron at the front of the field. Dane Cameron coming uh, through the field in the Porsche. And there's the other thing. It's Johnny Herbert, by the way, if you haven't worked out who we're <laughs> talking to here. The crossover that we're getting. Jensen Button's here this yeah, weekend. Yeah, indeed. Does that, does that say that we're doing something right in sports car racing again? I, I Definitely so. Um, you know, when you go through the list of the drivers all the way through the classes, there are some proper drivers that have turned up here oh. from, from Formula One World Champions with Jensen. It's always great to see Scott Dixon here, the multiple IndyCar driver. 14 active IndyCar drivers. Yeah, exactly. So, again, you go on, there's Felipe Massa, mm-hmm. who's out there having a, having a good play as well. Ramon Grosjean, I saw yesterday as well. Good to see Roman uh, once again. So, yeah, there is a, a love for the sport that I think everybody has loved for such a long time. But it just seems to be in a very, very good place here in America, but also uh, in Europe as well, and what we see happening at, at Le Mans as well. What we're going to see, where we're going to see you, you're going to pop up in a few more places that we're at the, in the next uh, few months to the one? Uh, there has been no plan for that, but as you know in this game, things change very quickly, so you, you never, never know. I may be sort of on your shoulder, tapping away. That's saying, all right. Oi, I'm back. Well, I might have to have you talk about some cars properly. Indeed, That's the thing. you got it. Get you back in the comms box. Got to ask you this one, this one question. It was loud and kept us awake when we were at Le Mans. Now, I missed 91. Yeah. I wasn't at 91, but I probably know as much, if not more, about 91 because I wasn't there because I had to read up on it yeah. for everything else. I had, I had chicken pox. Um, was it as loud for you in the car? Uh, the in, the, in the car, no. The biggest problem I had 
uh, uh, having, I think there were, th- there were three of them, uh, was when you got into the caravan at the back of the pit to have your little kip during the night, those three were never together. They were always yeah. spread out by about a minute. Yeah. And every so time no it rest. came past, there was no rest, no sleep, because the damn thing was so noisy. In the car, I probably should have gone to sleep, because that was the quietest, quietest place to be. But what a, what a noise, what a, what, a, what a time, and what a lovely victory that we had that day. Thanks, man. Really good to see you. you. Johnny Herbert, 1991 Le Mans winner uh, with us here in the studio. Uh, from one legend to another, Cher Adam has Sebastian Borde. Yeah, and Seb, definitely with that start, you wanted to lead this race, but how important was it to get a grasp on exactly how strong the Cadillac is for the 24 hours? I mean, it's always great to be in clean air, so uh, I wasn't going to not take it, but uh, yeah, it was a bit harder than I would have liked to get there. Uh, yeah, obviously, I think the, the Cadillac team's done a great job. We we have some some really good cars. We have a, a pretty decent end-all on tire deck, which being the lightest in the class does help that. Uh, but yeah, definitely being the least power makes it the, having to do it the hard way when you gotta make passes. So uh, yeah, it was was big fight. But uh, yeah, the setup of the car is pretty good. I think uh, we seem, like I said, to be in pretty decent shape over double stints, which we're all gonna be doing right now to uh, to not have to endure the pain later in the race. We only have uh, 21 sets for the whole race, so it's about eight, nine sets that you got a double stint, maybe 10. So, yeah, it's, it's early days, but it's always good to feel like uh, you're competitive and the car responds well. We have a lot of tools these days in the cars to you know, manage balance the entire day, and, uh, and it's, it's working pretty good. So we're just going to try and stay on top of it and uh, see how things go. Fingers crossed for now. Fingers crossed for now. Thank you. Very, very interesting indeed there from Sebastian Borte. Uh, Sheer Adam talking to him now. I mean, the honesty that you you get out of uh, out of some of these. I mean, we are so fortunate, but but Sebastian, particularly on these CrowdStrike uh, pit reports, he's just so honest. No, he is, and and he's not you know holding the cards close to the chest or, or playing them in any way to manipulate anyone else. He's simply telling it as it is, and then he, when he's out on the track, he drives how it is. That that's exactly what we love and what we hope for when we get people coming into IMSA. Yeah, there was a couple of pit stops there while I was having a quick chat with me all bit uh, Johnny Herbert. Anything of great note there? I mean, we've, got, we've still got 22 hours to go, so... Uh, <laughs> but I didn't see any problems. I was sort of glancing out the window whilst Johnny was going on and on about that 1991 <laughs> <laughs> morning. What was going on down there? A lot of driver changes, which is interesting, especially for early on in this race. A lot of people had been planning on paper to send their starting drivers long, but we are seeing drivers getting out and handing over. Uh, Joey Hand, I believe, got out of the Mustang. I think I saw Harry Tingnell's helmet around the sister car Mustang. There was a driver change. Daniel Sarah taking over the 62 Risi Competizione Ferrari. Uh, further driver change, Alex Roberis handing or taking the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin from Mario Farmbacher. And the three Corvette, Antonio Garcia, made way for Alexander Sims. So lots of GT driver changes. And the number 19 drove through as well with uh, a penalty. I'll have to scroll back a little bit through the the race feed on that. Oh, um, minimal minimum refueling time was the drive through 
penalty for that. See, that didn't oh. take me too back. Uh, and we've also got that was the number one nine, one nine, five five, also with a penalty that was working uh, on the car outside of the box. So two penalties there. So Gianmarco Leverato mm. for Proton Competition. That was the 55 outside the box. So that car, uh, if it hasn't already, will have to come in. And the 19 Iron Links, Jordan Pepper, for uh, the minimum fuel time yeah. penalty. Yeah, that's an interesting one, John, because uh, 40 seconds is the minimum full refuel time for a GTD car. And there was a uh, there was a, a, a memorandum sent out last night to the teams just to, to all the GTD teams in particular, just uh, warning them that uh, any kind of, well, any anything out of the ordinary, so to speak. I mean, they're, they're very strictly controlled in GTD with the balanced performance to try and make sure the cars can do uh, the, the same sort of stint lengths, have the same amount of time with their refueling, uh, and just to make it as even as possible. And the, the note came out yesterday that uh, basically... One of the one of the the uh, rules, new rules, said application of penalties: a deliberately providing false information ah. or attempting to influence the BOP process through manipulating performance by any means, or displaying a new level of performance above or below the expected result in any session by any entity specified below, mainly maybe penalised to the fullest extent. They're serious about this, in other words, well, about. And every pit official this year, something new, has a stopwatch. Yeah. So, so they are watching intent. They're not just relying on the information. Oh, TDS, this Ooh. is the full course yellow. And Stephen Thomas, okay. not for the first time in trouble. This is so unusual for Stephen Thomas. This will be a full course caution. Uh, he's been into the wall very hard indeed on the far side of the circus and almost everyone's just cycled through the pit so I don't think this is going to be uh, a, an advantage for very many people through goes the leader Scott Dixon Dan Cameron was six seconds behind but of course he'll close up it's just coming out of the bus stop chicane and he's gone straight in very easy to drop a rear Michelin on the dirt on the inside and I suspect that's what's happened here as he came through he just lost it on the bump took a tiny bit too much curb actually wow. it's not the fact he took the curb it's the fact he still had lock on he still had steering applied as he hit the curb unsettled the car and fired it straight into the wall that happened earlier on the day actually with uh, a, a course car that did exactly the same thing and Stephen Thomas has been bitten by that curb on the exit of the Le Mans chicane. AMR safety Chevy truck already on the scene. Left hand front, left hand rear of the TDS Orica, heavily damaged. This brings out, what's this, Jeremy, our fourth full course Third. caution? Third full course caution, excuse me. Yeah. And we'd been uh, green for uh, about 54 minutes this last run. Such, uh, well, yeah, pl plus, of course, it was a, there was another short yellow before that, wasn't it? Wasn't there, so. 
as you say, most of the, G- the GGP cars have all been in the pits just a few laps ago, maybe, what's eight laps ago. Interesting to see when it, whether any of them come in to top off. Mm. Don't think we'll see much in the way of tyre changes, which we know they have a... Uh, the, the, the tyre rules are pretty stringent for this race. We've only got a total of the GTP teams of uh, 21 sets of tyres for the uh, entire race here, including qualifying. They can, can use the same tyres from qualifying mm. for the race. But, um, yeah, I mean, the GTP cars, they can go around about an hour uh, on a stint, whereas the LMP2 cars, they have... They have a, a few more tyres at their disposal. They have uh, 23 sets for qualifying and the race. Uh, but they make pit stops a lot more frequently than the GTP cars do. Hello to Rafi in Germany having a question about the Pro-class Lexus. Would it be possible for it to rejoin the race? If it could be repaired, Rafi, yes, it can. Uh, the I know what you're talking about uh, in terms of uh, outside assistance. Uh, this isn't Le Mans. You are allowed to get the car back, and that's what's happened. If it can be repaired, it will come back and potentially take the fight. Hello to Gate of Patterson with a fantastic setup to Gasoline Alley Cat uh, as well, and to Josh, who says uh, thanks for being the voices of of IMSA Radio. Well, um, thank our uh, partners, commercial partners, for that, and the responsible adult for uh, the hard work she put in at the end of last year another f1 page has had a absolutely massive tactical error went to grab a snack and had the horrible realization i forgot to get beers it's a devastating blow to morale how can you make that mistake that is i mean that's just that's that's rookie i'm afraid that is just run. Hello, John. John Daly's tuned in. Andrew Luscombe will take this opportunity to say hello to a few people uh, whilst we're under yellow. Um, do you think IMSA should do something like the Garage 56 at Le Mans? It would be great to have seen the Chevy caning it around today. Hey, look, I'd, I'll take 16 of those Chevys around Le Mans any day. Incredible piece of kit. And I, I love the theatre of that car being there. Uh, and by the way, Rafi in Germany, uh, th- and thank you to Aaron and our production team up at Concord, uh, North Carolina, in their brand new, ooh, love that new control room smell up there. Um, quick shot on our screens of the work continuing in the Pro Lexus pit with that number 14 car. It was Mike Conway who was caught up in someone else's accident. Uh, Stathis won the iRacing 24H Last weekend, he's tuning in. Uh, welcome back to Mustang Sampling, says uh, Mex72. Uh, excuse me, says Chris, Mex72. Missed his train back home from the airport to see the start. And now that, that's impressive. Hello, Mex. Hello to Nolan Moore, who is tuning in from X-Track. Uh, James Boniger, epic racing in all classes so far. JP listening from high in the stands on 107.9 FM. Uh, want it's tuned in with Sib Racer. Uh, hi guys, hi to you. Positively racing, positivity racing. Sim Racers there. Jordan Groves covering, uh, listening in as well. Having a watch party with Sim Racing fans. Hello, Jordan. Nice to know you tuned in. And uh, also SKD One DZ from Germany. We've been looking forward to Daytona all of December and January. Thanks very much. Keep them coming in and uh, everyone around the world 
fantastic stuff. Uh, I cannot keep up. This is it's like the early days of uh, switch messaging when we were at Le Mans. I cannot keep up with the messages coming into at IMSA Radio. We're in our third full course yellow. This one for Stephen Thomas, who clipped the curb on the exit of the Le Mans chicane, the bus stop chicane on the back straight, and pretty much took a header straight into the outside Tech Pro barrier. Well, in fact, it's a safer barrier there, isn't it? Uh, and that's uh, dissipated some of the uh, some of the energy and that is uh, quite badly damaged car I'm looking to see the rear suspension's been deranged and what else has happened there the front left wheel's been pushed back quite a long way let's go down to Cher Adam for this CrowdStrike pit report uh, not long since the GTPs have come in the prototypes LMP2s were in as well recently do we think we'll get a few splashing it's about to get busy down here, which is kind of surprising, uh, but the number 10, Conic Minolta Cadillac, that one has been out the longest of all the GTP cars, so that one will need the most energy replenishment and fuel, so both liquid and uh, theoretical, metaphorical. No, it is actual energy. It's just the hybrid variety, um, but I am seeing something a little bit intriguing. As far as number 7, Penske Porsche, is concerned, this one is going to be getting some used tires, or at least lightly scrubbed tires, put on at least one half of the car. So they do have brand new tires behind the wall, but the ones that are up on the wall, they've already seen the racing surface before. First car into the pit lane is the zero one. This should be a splash only for Cadillac Racing. And there we go. Yep, just fuel nozzle attached. Right side tires for that number seven, as I mentioned previously, used tires and a new steering wheel. That is big for Dane Cameron. So clearly they must be fighting some electronic gremlins. Jack Aiken is back out in the number 31 for Whalen Engineering Racing. Dane Cameron told to go, has a little bit of a hiccup and then manages to get the car rolling. The number six has a hiccup as well. And the 10 is the last car that came in that managed to sit in its pit box that was still here. That makes perfect sense. I'm happy with that. Mustang sampling number five in as well, a little further up the pit lane, just getting service as well. That looks like fuel only. Joe Bradley is at United Autosports waiting for the leader. Are they due in, Joe? Oh, yeah, due in right now. Just coming literally to my feet now. We've got a red lighted pit out, so the queue is forming whilst the number two is serviced. Padua Ward is going to get his first wrist in now in the car as we've got a driver change as well as tyres and fuel taking advantage of this full course caution the LMP2 leaders it's uh, still early stages isn't it this is the car that started on pole position and the technicians uh, tacticians I should say will want this car to be right where it is pretty much all the way to the flag brand new unscrewed rubber going on the car being waved out now ah what a lovely sound bite that is number two Paddle Award Adam with more pit stops uh, coming in a moment. Give us the skinny. Looks like the Ford Corvette will be coming back in. This is the car that's now driven by Nikki Katzberg. That will be a splash of fuel only. Not seeing any other GT teams up on the pit lane from my end. Uh, and uh, up in North Carolina, uh, Mike, who is at Holly Gully, is listening uh, on, on, as I say, on Sirius XM. Hello, uh, Mike. Yeah, that, uh, that's what he wanted. He wanted a. <laughs> so here's Gearbox Girl, and Gearbox Girl says. Hello. To Mike. There you go. Uh, he was worried about half an hour ago that you weren't there. I just told him you were 
are on a little bit of a break. We cycling through our drivers as well. Uh, this is British team water skier Charlie Emmett watching from the International Horseshoe, listening to the best radio ever. Third Rolex, originally from Buckinghamshire, now living in Clement, uh, Claremont, Florida. Uh, 14th Le Mans this year and excited for Sebring. Charlie, thanks for flying the Union flag high in your sport and uh, coming to watch ours as well. Uh, hello to Ed, sir, to starting from the pits. All good stuff going through. Uh, and we have a little update. Uh, we have a little update from back in the paddock. And thank you to Aaron, who's been scanning the cameras for us up in Concord, North Carolina. The driver of the number 14 Lexus is back in. So Mike Conway brought it in. Let's see if he takes it out. And the hood is... Well, it's back on. The hood was being offered. Now it's back on. And that car is ready to go. We've got electric on the front. The lights have come on. They're getting ready to fire up the V8. And Mike Conway back in the GTD Pro Lexus as the rest of the GT field comes into the pit lane. Shay Adam. And there are actually a couple more cars than I was expecting. The number one Paul Miller Racing BMW is in Neil Verhagen staying aboard just to splash the fuel. And in is the number 19. That's Jordan Pepper for the Lamborghini of Iron Lynx. This, too, just being a splash. Uh, Claudia Schiavone is in the pit lane as well for the number 60. That is the sister car. He is the bronze-rated driver of this quartet for Iron Lynx in the bright yellow Lamborghini. And he right now is very happy that it's yellow because he's getting his drive time done, where then he can hand over to Matteo Cressoni, Matteo Cairoli, and Roman Grosjean for the remainder of the race. That's a lot of Matteos. <laughs> John Bradley, where are you? I'm in the 13 pit. The NWA Corvette just comes to a halt now and uh, taking on field of what looks like tyres. Now, this is the car that had a nightmare start of this race. And when you consider the effort that's gone in, uh, Ore Fidani, Manuel, Lars Kern and Alex Lynn, all superstars behind the wheel, these drivers. Even the Am ones are superstars behind the wheel of this number 13. So I'm intrigued to see whether or not this pit stop goes off un without, you know, nice and clean, no problems. At the moment, the car's still on the jacks, the fuel's still going in, and fingers crossed that the problems, the wars that we talked about earlier for this number 13, you would say, why am I pick 13? What are you asking for? Here we go. Car fires. And that was the sound bite. The car is fine. Lovely. Can't beat the sound of a Corvette revving up. Thank you very much. Hello, Simon Hoff is doing the 48 hours of Dewtona, or is it day by? As there are two 24 hours this weekend. Uh, hello also uh, to all of the marshals and flaggers, etc., around the circuit, either on duty or off uh, at the moment. Uh, that is, uh, you guys and ladies are doing a tremendous job. Uh, around the circuit and uh, I know that there's one or two watching at the moment who are just taking the race in before they start their evening shifts thank you to one and all we simply can't go motorsport any type of motorsport with, uh, without you uh, I know you're volunteers but you're all pros and your dedication to what you do is fantastic you give us your most precious gift the gift of your time and thank you very much indeed for that full course yellow then as we're maybe coming back to green here see if the lights are off on the safety car as it comes towards us no lights are still on on the Cadillac at the moment and waiting to see 
who decides to come in. We've got a BMW prototype coming in. Whips down the inside. And this will be the number 24 car, Shay Adam. And it should just be a splash of fuel and energy replenishment. They're going to try and elongate their stint, maybe go a little bit further than everyone else. And we do have the Endurance Cup to remember in the back of our minds. Ooh. That will come at the six-hour mark. So are they back-timing to that? Possibly. Well, that's a very good point indeed. And thank you for the m first mention of the Michelin Endurance Cup. That's a championship within the championship. Very important for those that it is important to. It's very important. You're going to get a trophy at the end of the year. Uh, and the... Shea has just said in my ear. Forte is back. Right. The Lamborghini just rumbled by me. I'm walking down to Lexus to try and get a look at that car. And instead, uh, Shane on the golf cart leads out the Lamborghini once again. So that car is back from the dead. Take away the Andy Blackmore spotter's guide, Black Pen of Doom. That car is not yet out. Yeah, we, uh, yes, be careful with the Sharpie of Doom. Uh, might have to be the dark pencil to start with. And then you can always uh, remove it well, we're coming round to 21 hours and 48 minutes ago. Shall I do it? I think I'll do a VP Racing in-race update before we go back to green. It's Louis Delatraz now aboard the leading number 40 Acura. This is the Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport. Second in the queue will be Cadillac Racing, Scott Dixon, the 0-1, the gold-fronted car. Uh, and then in third, it's the similar car, but from a different team. The red front at number 31, Wheel and Engineering Cadillac. Then three Porsches, two from Penske, uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport, and the third uh, from JDC Miller Motorsport. Dane Cameron in the seven, Matthew Jaminet in the six, and Ben Keating. Uh, yes, that Ben Keating was in the LMP2 car earlier on. Yes, that's the same Ben Keating doing double duty because... Because he can, basically, and he's quick in both of them. The BMW M Hybrid number 25 is in seventh with Nick Yellowley and Ricky Taylor for Wayne Taylor Racing. And the other accurate uh, ARX 06, the number 10 car, is in eighth. Ninth is Jimmy Bruni now aboard the 963 number five. That's the black and gold car. And Philippe Eng has just rejoined in tenth. In LMP2, Jakub Smokowski. I got it right this time, got the right... Cuba in the Europol leads in the number 52 from Pato Award for United's number two and Lila Wadu Dusselier for Richard Meal in the 88 Origa. In GTD Pro, Marvin Kerkhofer for FAF Motorsport, McLaren leads uh, in overall and in GTD Pro in the number nine car. Then it's Parker Thompson for the Vassar Sullivan Lexus RCF GT3. Then it's Alex Sims in the Corvette number three, Davide Regon in the 62 Racing Competition Ferrari, and Indy Doncha for Windward Racing 57 makes up the top six in GTD. That's your VP Racing update as we go back green with 21 hours and 46 minutes to go. Nice clean restart up on the high side. Looks like the Ranch 74 car trying to make a move. No, it's not. It's the it's the Wins car with the. Number two of Pato Award, and that, I think, was for the lead of LMP2. Pato wasting no time at all in going past the end of Europol car. Yes, indeed, the green side of the car to me as it comes out of the International Horseshoe. So a change in LMP2 leader going down into turn one. Pato Award wasting no time to stamp his mark on the 60-second running of the... 
Rolex 24 hours of Daytona. The leaders are up onto turn one and the banking. Looks like it's all, all clear. And I've got more good news because going into its pit at the end of the pit lane is the number 22 United Autosport car that had that big... Now, it's, it's not in its usual colours. This is going to confuse us later on, Jeremy, because that car's got a lot of bare carbon fibre. But the 22 car is back on the pit lane and will rejoin the fight. So all three of the cars that were damaged earlier on are now back. Daniel Goldberg brings it back onto the pit lane. The only one we haven't seen, and I doubt we'll see for some time, if at all, is that TTS racing car that Stephen Thomas crashed to cause the last full-course yellow. And out goes the 22 car, back into the contest. Excellent work by United Autosport. Pit lane speed violation. No penalties, we said. Anthony Mantella, slap your wrist for AWA Corvette, the number 17 car. Pit lane speeding, and Porsche key to the race, no penalties. Already seen quite a raft of them, three wide across the start-finish line for a moment in front of us. Is down the inside, the Ferrari number 34 going through and making up some positions there. Fairly brave manoeuvre, uh, to be quite honest there. For the... Conquest Racing Machine, it's Cedric Spranazzoli behind the wheel of that car. Back off running again, Jeremy, into the late afternoon. I'm not even going to call it yeah. early evening yet, but it's still beautiful. Temperatures out there, air temperature 28 Celsius on the track, it's 34. That's 93 Fahrenheit on the track, 82 Fahrenheit in the air. So still very pleasant. Yeah. The Michelin tyres not not having to work too hard when they come out cold. No, no, it's, uh, it's ideal racing conditions, I'd say, right now, pretty much. And we should uh, start to get dark around about 6 o'clock, relatively early here, still in the, on the East Coast. But absolutely gorgeous right now. No rain forecast in Saturday's part of the race. Side-by-side -side action against Brunazzoli with... A point to prove coming through the field in the red, white and black Ferrari. Through the Le Mans chicane. Taking a position there from the number 80. Was that for position? I think it was, actually. Yeah. From the AMG. And uh, so Cedric is on a bit of a hurry up early on. Gone past... Uh, couple of cars on the restart and that was uh, Sally Yolich who he went by there. Jordan Pepper's not that far behind him either. There's a big mix up as far as GTD Pro and GTD runners in that field. Here comes Jordan Pepper in the Iron Links number 19 round the outside of said Sally Yolich the Turkish driver for Lawn Star Racing AMG. inserted themselves into the battle there Sun Energy 1 and Harder Racing having a battle as well and the Wright Motorsport number 20 car as well the movie car right in there that is uh, 
Again, battles for position off the restart. Indy Doncha, Alex Riberas, and is the 120 laps down? Or is it further up the field? Has it not been scored? Oh, yes, it is. There it is. 12th yep. in GTD. Yep. Yep. Maro yeah. Engel behind the wheel of the 75, by the way. Ian James for Heart of Racing. So that's 11th, 12th and 13th, that little battle. New best lap of the race for the leading car. Louis Delatra is driving the number 40 car. That's the car, the car that did not stop during this previous caution period. So leapfrogged its way from sixth place into the lead. And Delatra has just turned that back. His best lap there, one thirty-six point two five five. All of the uh, GTP cars have turned laps, well, very, very close together indeed. The fastest of them is number thirty-one car. That was Peter Durrani back on lap two at a one thirty-five point eight. So just four tenths away from of that time by Louis Delatraz last time around. Ford Mustang versus sixty-six gradient. NSX. Just look at that GTD ranks at the moment. Taking the pro or non-pro, it's McLaren, Lexus, Chevrolet, yes. Ferrari, Ford, Mercedes, Aston Martin, and uh, BMW. And BMW. That's how many cars is that? That's eight cars, isn't it? And all, aren't they all different? McLaren, Lexus, Chevrolet. Yep. Yeah, all different. Top eight. Fantastic. And then P2, Pato Award, got to the head of the field and is cleared off. Oh, Four point seven seconds. The gap now back to second place really impressive and he has absolutely put the hammer down Toby Sowery for CrowdStrike what yeah. what a week he's having Jeremy yeah he, he, he is isn't he and uh, he's he's right on the tail there of uh, of Jakob Schmikowski looking for a way past and Toby uh, doesn't really have much sports about sport sports car experience i.e. one race actually in British <laughs> GT that's it but he's shone over here in the past he's been driving in Indy Indy Lights as it was Indy Next as it is now and had some success there and a uh, young man from Cambridge loving this opportunity to drive this number zero four car for the APR CrowdStrike by APR Racing and he's really taken that car very well he and Malta Jakobsen saw them both at breakfast this morning uh, both having a good time both confident very confident of their chances in this race. And he's right on the tailpipes at the moment of the in the Europol car in that crowd strike zero for the Algarve Pro Racing machine. Already seen Stuart and Sam. Another crack at the American side of things for them with the zero four winners in class at Le Mans, of course, last year with the CrowdStrike car. Pato Award is cleared off from this battle for second on down. Lila Wadu actually is not that far behind. Oh, no, he's right with them. She's right there for yeah. Richard Bale in the 88. Very much so. And uh, and Sebastian Alvarez in number 81 for Dragon Speed. He's right behind her as well. And we just got past Matt Brabham in the AO. Uh, dragon car last time around in uh, Spike. 99. Spike the dragon. Do you know what? I know there's a lot of people think it's a bit silly, but it's bringing so much visibility and their merch sold out in nanoseconds, particularly all the fluffy toys. Unbelievable stuff. And if it's bringing 
you youngsters in the sport, I'm having it. Absolutely. A uh, couple of drivers who didn't see the red light, they'll get a stop plus 60. The 34 car, that's uh, Spiros Riley, isn't it? It is indeed. A while ago. And that the Conquest Racing Ferrari. And Lone Star Racing Ooh. Mercedes as well. Yeah, that's a car that was running. Well, both those cars were running right up at the sharp end in the early stages of this race. A penalty for both of those two. Stop plus 60. Ouch, that's a, that's a killer. That's going to put you off the lead lap. This will not surprise you to hear, but I'm seeing it because I know you keep score. Uh, an official retirement. I believe our first. It's no surprise, I'm afraid, after what we saw over at the Le Mans chicane, but TDS's Oregon number 11 is officially retired. The number 78 Lamborghini came back out the Forte car, but it's gone back behind the wall. So only a lap or so. Nick Damon down in the pit lane has this crowd strike pit report. Yeah, I was wandering down, coming back in the pit lane. I bumped into Mike Rockefeller, obviously with his new as project. You do. The, yeah, as you do really. The 64 Ford uh, Performance Ford Mustang GT3. I think, first of all, let's, uh, let's ask you how the race has gone. I think you started the car. Are you happy with the performance? First race, always a bit, uh, bit nerve wracking. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, it's the first race in, in our program. Um, a big race for Ford, obviously. Um, the Mustang looks great, it sounds good, but now we need to make sure um, that we maximize the performance and uh, have a good result. I mean, it's a long race, as you know. Um, a lot of things can happen. So far, I'm happy. We try to stay out of trouble. You have seen how easy it is to get caught up in uh, incidents. And um, yeah, let's try to survive the night and see where we are in the morning. There's no substitute for racing. That was the first race for the car. What did you learn in that first hour you didn't know before? <laughs> that, uh, yeah, you have to hit everything right. I mean, tyre pressure, uh, maybe we were a bit high. Um, you know, battling with the others, obviously you see strengths and weakness. Uh, I have the feeling uh, some of the others are quite fast on the straight compared to us. But, you know, we will see. Uh, there's always a lot to learn. Under yellow, we learned some stuff uh, on the downshift. We were struggling. So, you know, it's like you said, it's the first big race we have been testing. But it's always good to go racing, and that's why Ford is doing it. Obviously, you want to compete against the best um, out there and, and beat them eventually, but uh, we also have to be realistic. It's, it's the first race for us. I mean, we've got a very interesting race for that first race. It's horribly hot, it's humid, but it's going to cool down. Have you actually even tested in these various conditions? Yeah, we did. I mean, this week was pretty warm. Uh, last week, the raw was very cold. So we have been in all conditions. Um, I, I want to say uh, I think everybody is a bit more happy when it cools off. The tire uh, works better usually. Uh, you get a little bit more power from the engine at night. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that period in the race. Great stuff. Thank you. That's Mike Rockefeller out of the new GT3 Ford Mustang. He's in the 64. Thank you, Nick. Nick David down in the pit lane. Delighted to see you. Well, just a quick note, yep. yeah, the, the number six, number 25 have exchanged positions a couple of times in the last couple of laps. Matthew Jaminet, number six, Porsche, uh, lost place briefly to Nick Yellowly, number 25 BMW, but has regained it. Another couple of notes a bit farther back here in the GT ranks, up into now the fifth position in GTD Pro is Alex Riberas, number 23 uh, heart of racing aston martin uh, happy birthday alex 
It's his birthday today, uh, and uh, he's uh, looking for another strong result in this race. The Heart of Racing team, Aston Martin, of course, had a, a great result here last year, winning the GTD category, and they want to get back to the top seven GTD Pro as well. It's the pro car that uh, Alex Ribeiro is driving, of course. Uh, John De Geese, Sports Car 365, joins us. Hello, John. How are you? And happy, I, I can say this. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, John. Yeah. Great to be here. You fitting well? Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, it's a, an amazing start to the year, and obviously we're in, we've had a great start to the race so far. Um, how many people have you got here? Because it seems about every five minutes I, <laughs> I see something that you guys have posted about... Uh, Super GT, Dubai 24 hours, what's going on here, what's going on in the rest of the sports car world? Yeah, we have a core group of three, myself, Jamie Klein, and Davey Umova, and uh, we've been keeping up to, with everything going on, just like you guys as well, because it's a crazy weekend between here in Dubai and everywhere else. I was up at four o'clock in the morning to watch the, to, to watch the, start, to watch the start of that. What a start to IMSA's season. The Raw last weekend brought out a raft of stories. Second year, of course, for GTP. That's a big story. New GT3 and GT4 cars from Ford and from Corvette. I mean, where do you even start? If, if you were talking to somebody to say, here's 2024 sports cars, this is what you need to know. Where do you start? I, I think the GTs. You know, obviously the Corvette, Ford, those are bringing in a lot of traffic from from our side of the website. And, Interesting. Um, it seems like there's a lot of people interested in that. Also, the updated Aston Martin. Um, there's you know a lot of intrigue about that because that car hasn't been formally unveiled yet. Uh, we're planning to get it, I think, unveiled sometime next month. So there, sh there should be more details. Which is with why that. it ran in camel. The GT4 ran the in camel. Yeah. yeah, and there, and if you look at the headlights, the headlight covers are a little bit covered up on, on the GT3. So I was talking to the Aston guys this morning about that and said, "Thank you for not talking about it so much." <laughs> as well, you know, you talk, it's it's not our story to break it's not the first time it's happened but it, it, it is quite unusual so gt cars are are good in terms of traffic people like gt cars it seems to be that way wow. Af after the after the first year of gtp and the lmdh formula um you know everything's sort of settling into a good rhythm there and we don't have any brand new content here we obviously we're going to get the lamborghini sc63 i was just talking to Giorgio sana um, just a few minutes ago exciting details on on that um, development program and how they're going to be um, de debuting that car at, at Qatar for the World Endurance Championship event season opener, but also it'll be another car will be at Sebring for the 12 hour in March. I, I heard the American car hasn't, hasn't even been finished yet. Uh, they're still working on it. They're building yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So the first race chassis has just been completed, yeah. and that's going out testing in Europe and then going straight to Qatar from there. My goodness, uh, John has just brought with him some new some new toys you brought I, me a new toy tell me about what you've got on your phone and what i've now got on the screen to my left yeah thanks to nate stevens at, at imsa communications um there's a new live telemetry uh link for gtp cars in, uh, in the weathertech championship it's imsa.com slash gtp hyphen telemetry and it gives you all sorts of inf information from the amount of energy remaining on the cars um, to the energy regen and when the cars are using the, 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 the energy recovery, um, uh, live uh, mile per hour gearing, brake throttle. Um, it's extremely useful just to see how much energy is remaining because we saw the, the number 10 Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti car take the early lead. 
they were that was because they short fueled that stop in terms of energy. Now we have to see the forty car leading. Same thing. They have thirty five percent of remaining energy compared to the rest of the GTPs that are running at sixty. We've seen this before um, graphically on World Endurance Championship mm-hmm. um, TV, and we've been talking about this for IMSA for a while. They've listened. The other thing we get a tire change. Uh, logo as well when they come in the pits. As yet, we haven't got tyre information here. It does exist, though. Yeah, it does. And, and I think that's something that IMSA and Michelin are working to roll out over the course of the year, especially at some of the races that have multiple tyre compounds in GTP, like we see here with the soft and the medium. And Sebastian Pordier saying how many times they've got the double stint tyres. That kind of information for us to be able to tell the story I fought for it for very many years on WEC TV and the year after I left they got it I was very very annoyed to be quite quite honest when the Audis and the, the Porsches were all battling because the, the Porsches didn't go very well I seem to remember on the unused tyres um, let's get back to, to this um, thanks to IMSA for all of that making everybody's life even an informed audience is a better audience as far as I'm concerned two well, Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport Acuras here. Uh, Wayne being guarded about what he, he said to us uh, earlier in the week. They seem to be good off the start, the restart, as they get into uh, into their stints. The, 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 the performance drop away, but good still to see the two Acuras here. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this early pace, of at least the car staying up front. Um, obviously, they're carrying some additional weight compared to last year. Same power levels. But the BOP has been tweaked a little bit based on the evolution of the 2023 season and some new new philosophies within the IMSA technical team. Um, no changes since the roar before the 24. That's the important part. We had a lot of changes in the GT classes. But uh, obviously um, looking pretty strong for, for the, the pair of Acuras right now. Um, Cadillac had been the benchmark of the, the whole event, you know, sweeping every single session at the Rolex 24 and qualifying. But... Um, let's see how the race shakes out. We're still very early on. Uh, talking about those changes, John, uh, we've been talking about here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Uh, this, these are the changes to, G- to GTD didn't totally, in fact, didn't come from IMSA. This is a, a, um, a committee of teams having been given the information by IMSA. They sit around the table and make some of these, these decisions. There, there's a lot of dialogue between the manufacturers and IMSA. I, I know that for a fact. I'm not entirely sure what is exactly changed for, for this year with that, but I know there's an increased level. Um, over the course of last season, there were, there were times where manufacturers proposed changes and um, you know maybe gained 20 kilos of, of weight, but getting a little bit of a power uh, increase to, to counteract that as well. I think if I'm not mistaken, the, the ball has been put back into the court of the manufacturers. Rather than IMSA yeah. making the changes to the BOP, the manufacturers decide amongst themselves. I know there was a, a, a meeting of the technical working group on Tuesday this week, which I think was the eighth meeting that they've had, uh, and that it, it was a result of that meeting, not led by IMSA, but led by the manufacturers, that made all that raft of changes in the GTD cars between last weekend and this. It's fascinating, isn't it? They can't, they can't blame IMSA anymore. They can only blame themselves. Yeah, but you also have to look at the so-called sandbagging situation, well, too, because there's been extra verbiage in the, in the regulations. Just put out you read out yeah. He read out the whole thing uh, earlier on. Uh, uh, we've got John DeGeese with us in the uh, studio. Andrew Mather says, I'm loving the GTP telemetry. 
are going to need another screen. Yes, yes. Yes, I've got, <laughs> got a span in a bigger screen with, with more windows open. 64 Mustang, I'm hearing, with a little bit of damage on the back of that car for Chris Meese in the Ford Multimatic Ooh, yeah. car. Oh, yeah, that's more than a wee bit like of that damage. BMW yesterday. Now, what, how's that being caused? Yeah, that was the BMW, the, the boot deck, the, the rear deck uh, trunk lead, I suppose I should there say, over here, uh, was right. acting as a reverse uh, air scoop on the back of that car. So that's happening again. Um, got to have a word, and, and this is just, I've just seen an, a tweet come in from somebody uh, about this. Here we go, Sam the Enduro fan. He says, I created this account just to ask how Ben Keating is able to run in two different cars. Impressed that the rules allow it and that he seems physically able to. Not only that, John, but he's quick in both of them. Yep. Extraordinary. Yeah, it's been impressive to see how he's come to grips with the GTP car. He, he's told us that his first test here back in December, not the official sanctioned test, but it was a private test a few weeks later, um, he said he was intimidated by the car initially and actually didn't get to read the owner's manual, the the, 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 the manual for the, the, the cockpit and all the buttons and everything until he got to the track. And so he was in a bit of a hurry-up mode to understand how it all works with all the all the buttons and, the, and, and everything that goes on inside the car. Uh, and I'm told by the team that he had barely 10 laps before he did that qualifying run for the LMP2 car uh, at the Raw at the weekend. I mean, he's driven LMP2s before, but my goodness me, to step into a new team, they're very impressed with his feedback and his general attitude. He's like, Imagine what it would have been like if he'd started racing in 8 or 12. Mm. He'd, have been, he'd have been top class. Yeah. He's top class. Is yeah. he the best... Bronze driver I, I, in the world? I would have to say, no, no doubt. Looking at the, the strength of drivers, and there's a lot of good bronzes around the world, but I, I would have to say he, he, he fits the bill for And sure. he even impressed himself, didn't he, last, last Sunday with his qualifying lap. Uh, it was two seconds quicker than his lap time from last year. Okay, conditions probably more conducive to fast lap times last weekend, but he was amazed how fast he went. But even more amazed to see that Nick Bull was only a tenth of a second behind him in qualifying. Uh, last week in the 52 car that, yeah. was, that was seriously impressive too yeah, and he's also of course we well, have to be bronze rated to, uh, to 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 do the qualifying in lmp2 yeah and, and also obviously jumping between these two different prototypes yeah. see two years ago he was a, in, a, in a dpi and an lmp2 and he said those were much similar to each other yeah. the gtp is a, in a totally different league yeah just hearing about point. a powertrain violation for the number six porsche penske motorsport car now that's uh, this is IMSA doing their own uh, their own monitoring all the way through. Remember, there are things like torque sensors on the uh, on the drive shafts of these cars. The wiring loom that uh, controls all that is is uh, significantly different between the WEC and the uh, the IMSA. So if you've got a car that's competing in both, and there are people who do that, notably Porsche then uh, it is not the work of a moment to change that backwards and forwards uh, for the the lube that looks at all the bits and pieces uh, so the the wiring that looks at all the sensors if you will that the sanctioning body puts on the car so we'll wait to see Porsche must have been in and out actually I think it's happened Nick Damon is at that end of the pit lane a testament though uh, as we're keeping our eye on what's going on in at GT with Mustang versus BMW. That's the number 66 car and the number one 
having a scrap out at the far end of the uh, far end of the infield at the moment. That is Fred Vervesian, Neil Verhagen, seventh and eighth in GTD Pro for Multimatic and for Paul Miller uh, Racing. Testament, though, that as these cars, John de Geese, get more and more sophisticated, therefore the monitoring of the cars has to get more sophisticated as well. And, and in both IMSA and the WEC having designed their own um, wiring looms to, to make the sensor arrays work. Yeah, and it might even get even more complicated for the GT cars next year because there's talk of bringing torque sensors into the class, um, just like this, as is the case for the LMGT3 class in the WEC. Um, that there's a little bit of contention with that because of increased costs, but that could effectively help the balance of performance process even even more significantly. I think the uh, Ford boot lid problem, trunk lid problem, is uh, is possibly not an issue anymore because I've just seen a large chunk of uh, bodywork down at, at turn one. The logging Press loom. the eject button to the other. Yeah, that's finally give. I've heard, uh, it was described to me as the logging loom in the uh, in the lounge as we were coming out by somebody who knows infinitely more about these things so I've stolen that the logging loom you know who you are I know you're here thank you for the chat it was uh, very illuminating and the logging loom between WEC and the logging loom for W for, for IMSA very different indeed and takes quite a bit of time to swap between if you have to do that uh, first race of the season John so a little bit harsh to ask you this question what what are your hopes what are your fears for IMSA in particular in in 2024 there's a lot of good news coming you mentioned Lamborghini and it seems the good news stories don't stop going but keeping up that impetus is one thing uh, getting that impetus keep, keeping it up is another over in Europe you've got the ACO looking at a problem that they've got too many cars in some respects and I'm dying to see what the WEC and Le Mans entries are going to look like. Yeah, it's slim pickings in terms of the auto invites. What I didn't realise for instance was that the class winners from Le Mans last year didn't get invites for this year because they're actually they actually cut back on that. I talked to Sasha Fassbender, the team manager for um, Inter-Europol, who's here with PR1 Matheson Motorsports, and he said that even though they won the race in LMP2, they don't have an auto invite currently, even though they've submitted two entry requests. And sure, I, I'm sure they'll get at least one of their cars in into the race in LMP2 with the allocation of at least a min- at least 15 entries uh, for that class. But it's astounding that how much how many fewer invites there are now for for uh, for Lamar just because of the size of the grid for WEC. And that, I mean, that's good news, bad news, isn't it? For, for that, IMSA have had to do a lot of swapping and changing around side by side. Mustang, Fred Vervich, down to the inside, actually being joined as well by Gianmarco Leverato in the lighter blue Mustang. Neil Verhagen was ahead at the line, and has he got that one done? Yes, he has. Here comes Leverato in the light blue Mustang, gets a clip from the factory car oh no that still does have it's um, rather unusual movable aerodynamic device behind it oh my goodness they not sure that they'll be allowed to continue with that uh, like that uh, IMSA have had to do a bit of swapping and changing in the classes this year as well John to, to be able to give everybody the right number of races but fit them into paddocks and pit lanes. Yeah, like CTMP is going to be an LMP2 headline race per se along along with the GTs. That's going to be an interesting one. 
Um, Long Beach, I, I believe, is just GTD Pro with, with the with the GTP cars. So, um, and, ba- and back to Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, where Michelin Pilot Challenge is the headliner with a four-hour race. Yeah, with all the extra single-make series in, 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 the, in the mix, including the new Mustang Challenge, there's a lot of back and forth and trying to figure out how these weekends will be because we had jam-packed events throughout the course of last year and now adding another um, um, single make series which is great for the sport but trying to juggle it all in, into, into place I don't envy the, the schedule makers at IMSA for sure. <laughs> all the reporters I might say. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough weekend that's the Le Mans test day it's weekend. It's the Le Mans test, it's the debut of Mustang Challenge, it's the 4 hours. Uh, Porsche Carrera uh, Cup in uh, Montreal, Montreal that, we, uh, yeah, that weekend. Exactly. Uh, I have to be in three places at once there, which might be uh, a little bit, a little bit. How do you guys manage to do that? Then you say there's a core team of three of you. Do you have to take on extra people? Sometimes, yeah. In certain events, we would bring in extra help. Um, it all sort of depends on the situation. But um, I'm sort of technically, I'm the editor in chief. I sort of take care of the, the U.S. continent since I live here. Um, then we have um, Jamie, who's actually based in Japan, and um, he's um, covering the, the WEC from there and also Super GT and other championships. And then Davey's in Europe, and he probably gets the, the bulk of the work throughout, throughout the course of the year. I yeah. say Davey a lot when we do that. Final question, we'll get back to the racing. and We're keeping an eye on what's going on as the 31 of uh, Jack Aiken is picking his way through traffic at the moment, trying to get back on the back of uh, Scott Dixon, who's slightly further up the road in this train of GT cars. Yeah, there's top three cars overall that close right up together in the last couple of laps as they work their way through this huge gaggle of GT traffic. Um, Jerry Bruckheim is here this weekend and uh, rapidly rewriting the script to exclude Formula One and just have IMSA <laughs> uh, <laughs> racing in it because when you see those low shots with three, four, five different uh, cars, six, seven, eight different cars in two or three different classes coming towards you. It's absolutely, it's so cinematic. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Not sure the 65 car is going to be allowed to stay out much longer without doing something. I think they've already been in once to, to have a look at that. It was a 64 car that came in a few oh, laps ago. was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, excellent. Uh, out of the three, four, five, it was six of the GTD cars. It was probably third. Uh, in, but still in, got plenty uh, of pace. Pro, t- uh, time. Yeah, it has, he, he's it? going over the top of the class of one, two, three, four across the track for a moment there as the Porsche number six comes around the inside. BMW down the inside. That's a pass, pass for position in the GTP category, but can't make it stick because they've got the Iron Links bright green Lamborghini right in front of a turn of BMW in front of that as well. This is extraordinary racing. John DeGeese has been with us for the last little while. Um, are you allowed to have one favourite thing to do this year, or do you have to just settle back and say, oh, we're just going to have to do everything? Uh, I think it's everything. You know, um, from here it's Bathurst 12-hour, then straight to Qatar, and then a week off, and then there's Sebring, and the year goes on. So uh, really fortunate, and I know you have a very similar schedule yourself. So you just kind of roll with the punches and, and uh, soak in all of the great tracks and series and races we, we, can, we can do. Yeah, what a great time to be involved in sports car racing. John DeGeese is the man behind Sports Car 365 with that small but dedicated team who've posted 127,000 different pieces of information this week already. John, thanks for joining us and thanks for all the hard work. Yeah, thanks, John. Say hi to the team for us. Love John DeGeese there uh, in the Global Broadcast Centre with us. We are just coming down to the bottom of the hour. We'll do a VP racing update for you, still monitoring the... 
tail of this Mustang that is flapping in the wind. There's not much of that boot lid yet left, to be honest now. Uh, it's holding position, that's the thing that's interesting to me, Jeremy. It's, uh, the Fred Vavish car is still ahead of uh, Maro Engel. And a few moments ago, let's see if we can... Oh, I see. Well, that's the 64 car. Sorry, my apologies. So it has happened to both cars oh, now. Wow. Both the factory cars. Now, that's interesting. It certainly is. Uh, let's go down to Nick Damon in the pit lane. The uh, 40 Acura has come into the pit lane. Uh, Louis Delatras has got out. Colton Hurd has got in. They're getting four tyres, so not one right side or left side. A long, long fuel stop. So they're going to get all the energy in here, not do a short field to get a bit of track position. Man cleaning out the various gunk that's got into the air. Last thing to finish is the fuel they're actually plugging back in the airline oh right when they put the car down they actually managed to put the car down on one on one on the uh, uh lines for the uh do, um the wheel guns so they had to get put it back up again didn't lose any time doing that so that's pretty impressive standard shape we've got the forward in finally and what they have done are right side tires only now michelin did issue a statement earlier saying that you can double stint the right sides not the left sides with this special compounded car uh, special compounded tire excuse me now they have finished the service on the car let's see as it rumbles by me what they've done to the boot they put a new boot lid on and they've actually taped it down this is the 65 this is the car that had damage yes uh, both of them. Um, we, we've seen the 64 and the 65 car with, with issues of huh. a bootleg nature, but only the two Ford Multimatic cars. None of the customer cars this far, shit. So very interesting. Second? Just the one customer car here for Ford, isn't there? Uh, yes, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't had a bootleg issue. Not yet, no. no. So <laughs> hope well, it stays that way. Yeah. Um, it almost looks like it's just snapped right down the middle. Uh, that's Weird. a very odd one. Peter Mackay's joining us. He'll keep a look. I just want to follow uh, something. I mentioned a penalty for um, controlled powertrain parameters early on. Say that 20 times after a couple of gin and tonics. Um, a warning it was for the six Porsche Penske Motorsport car. So this is the logging loom that we were talking about. This is IMSA in real time looking at what is coming out of the car and remember all of the balance of performance that we have here and in the WEC now it's not about what goes in it's what about it's about what comes out and how you use it each each car effectively has a performance potential of 100% those 100% sort of have to be balanced together and then if you're going to do well, you've got to get as much of that 100% as you can. If you're only getting 80% of your car, then the tech guys will say, well, you, you're not using 20% of your performance. That's not our fault. You need to be better. And if you start using 101 or 102%, of course, that's when they go, ahem, ahem, excuse me. Well, that is an ex-boot lid. It is no more. That is just incredible, Peter. What's amazing is, is that the Ford Performance team have done a lot of testing. You know, they've, had, they've had the car out on track since March, I believe, last year. So it's very surprising that this is showing up now. And you think the amount of running that the teams have had. You know, we've done 
the GTD cars have done 82 laps so far. They've done more than that in practice. Yeah. So it's very strange Good that this point. is happening now. The conditions... Here's, a, here's the thing. Maybe a touch warmer today, but really no, not but an extreme situation. Here's the thing. Running in packs at speed. That'll be it. it. Is this yeah. a low-pressure area around the rear of the yeah. car if you've got somebody right right up your tailpipes? Yep. And is that causing some kind of low-pressure area that's starting just to lift the boot. Now, I think the BMW in Mission Pilot Challenge yesterday, that, I think that was exactly what that was because as the... Uh, it was an Aston Martin, wasn't it, that pulled out around it. It got to the rear quarter panel and you just saw it flip over well, as the airflow changed. Jeremy and I were sitting having a, a natter, as we do, at breakfast and uh, Daniel Morad had mentioned to, to Jeremy that they, they were getting a real damn Mercedes, although it didn't have the pace in clean air, this is GT4 cars we're talking about now, the, the, it didn't have the pace in clean air, they could get a great side draft yeah. off the BMWs which yeah. I thought was a fascinating piece of piece of insight there so there's definitely something afoot there just a point on the GTP man, uh, the GTP power regulations, They not only did the number 6 uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport Porsche 963 get a, a warning, so did the number 5 Proton competition ah. last time sampling Thank Porsche, you. so same manufacturer, two different teams. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Hello to James O'Donnell, who's tweeted in at Imsa Rage. He says, I'm a bit late, but I've been out with a friend who's having a major surgery next week. Supporting friends is what light's about. James, you're a good friend, mate. Settle in for the evening and uh, settle down. Hello to Benny, who's tuned in, to Kevin uh, and to Mum Spaghetti. Um, <laughs> can, can we have a track mat and a horizontal graph for the brake throttle trace? Uh, on that. Oh, come on. Johnny just pointed it to you. I can tell you that Scott Dixon's only got 15% of his energy uh, remaining, leading the race. Jack Aitken has 20%. 15% for Dan Cameron. Matthew Jaminer, 15%. Jimmy Bruni, 15% in fifth. Nick Yellily, 15%. Uh, Ricky Taylor, 15%. Thomas Eng, 20%. Ben Keating, 20%. Brian Herter, 90%, because he was in the pit lane uh, most recently. Yeah. <laughs> And I can tell you that Pato Award has at least 50% left in him because he's going out for another stint in the number two United Autosports USA Orica, the LMP2 car, as it is LMP2 pit stop times. We've had a pit stop from Spike. Looks like Spike's got a new driver. Couldn't see who it was because I was a little bit too far away. Waiting for Gar Robinson because Gar Watch continues. Gar Watch 2024. He's staying aboard. This will be the start of his fourth consecutive stint. But we do finally have a backup driver up on the box. It's Felipe Massa. Thank you, Cher. It's time for VP Racing in race update. Here's how it stands. Let's start in GTP, where Scott Dixon is leading the motor race at the moment for Cadillac by something in the region of 1.9. 1986 seconds from Jack Aitken in another Cadillac. That's the 01 gold fronted car from the 31, the red fronted car, Dave Cameron, the red, white, and black pinstripe Porsche Penske Motorsport. Number seven is about uh, one and a half seconds away from the white-striped, pinstriped Porsche Penske Motorsport. Seven from sixth and fourth and fifth. Top six, Jimmy Bruni for Proton. Another Porsche, that's the number five. Uh, and Nick Yellily for BMW Team RLL in the 25. This is uh, in LMP2, Toby Sowerby. The crowd strike leads because Jakob Smikowski's just coming to pit lane for into Eurosport and Aero Motorsport, Kristen Rasmussen in the 18 is in third. So the red and grey uh, from the yellow and green 
and the blue LMP2 cars. In GTD, Parker Thompson leads for, for Vassa Sullivan. Uh, the uh, pro car had a big accident early on, not of Mike Conway's making, but that car has come back out many laps down. Uh, and we've just had the number nine FAF driveway McLaren pull out of the lead into the pit lane, which which means Alexander Sims uh, leads GTD Pro Corvette Racing uh, by Pratt Miller from Reese Competition about a second and a half sec uh, back. David Regon driving the 62 and then making up the rest of the GT. Indy Donchi in the 57 Wimbledon Racing. Going well, that car. Second in class uh, and fifth before the McLaren pulled in. Sixth, Alec Reberas for Harter Racing Team. Their third in GTD Pro. That's the VP Racing in race update. Uh, we have still got 21 hours and five minutes to go. Let's go down to share Adam in the pit leg. We just had a slew of pit stops, including the 32 team Cawthorne Preston Motorsports Mercedes. That's the sound of Kenton Cook taking the car back out on the track, but they could not get the right front tire removed. The right front tire was stuck, and what they had to do was push it back on with the gun and then pull the nut off again. Well, that time it did come, but it still lost them about 15 to 20 seconds on their stop. So that is a big loss from the number 32 Mercedes. 0-4 going slowly up the pit lane, but we've got a very, we've got a spin at uh, turn one. It's the Sean Creech Motorsport LMP2 with the Andy Blackmore uh, Andy Blackmore livery, and I don't think there's anybody else involved uh, in that. That was Lance Wilsey. Not his outlap though, but he hasn't been uh, in that very long. No, he just. Just, uh, well, I think it is his outlap actually, because uh, the jo- jo- Joao Barbosa was driving it. In that case, it's it must only be his second lap then. Yeah, he's not long out the pits. It, yeah. I couldn't be yeah, there. Last if he just come out the pits. Right. Yeah, yeah, last pit- pitted on lap eighty-seven and lap. Yeah, so yeah, one uh, first flyer. Yeah. Uh, Nick Damon down in the pit lane with the uh, overall race leader. Like has come in. I mean, there's about to be a slew of. Uh, of GTP stops now, I mean, the outlier being that 40 Acura. Uh, this is a, a fuel service, and I'm not seeing any tyre changes at all on the Cadillac there, so they're going to give it a go with a second stint, which you did see didn't work particularly well a couple of hours ago. It has got a tiny bit cooler, but not a lot, but they are short tyres, and that is just a long fuel flow for that number one Cadillac. We've stayed green, and Lance has managed to get the leash here pointing in the right direction there was a mustang involved there as well peter i think either that even if it was only a distraction yeah i think the 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 number 33 sean creech leisure lmp2 span on its own and then the mustang had to take avoiding action i didn't quite catch which number it was it was one of the factory gtd pro cars either 64 or 65 but managed to dodge it and great job from race control not smashing the full course yellow uh, button allowing the the uh Ligier of Sean Creech to just get back going again if it, if it could and it did so we stay green at flag races what we like to see it seemed like the 0-4 crowd strike by APR car uh, ran it, it well it, it came into into pit lane very very slowly so yeah. it maybe ran out of fuel maybe our crowd strike uh, pit reporters can find out what the what the story is there that being said Toby Sowery um, who's gone back out for a second stint 
what a stint he put in there because yeah. he was chasing down Pato Award and that is that's quite the boast yeah they were running similar lap times towards the end there he, he got within uh, a, a second and a half at one stage and that gap sort of stabilised around about two seconds and Toby certainly is making his mark here in that number zero four crowd strike entry it's back to Nick Damon who's got more action at pitting yeah we've got the seven Porsche in that's got uh, seemed to get left side tyres only actually um, and they are having a look interested in having actually a look at the, right, the rear right as the fuel goes in uh, no action on that yet. I think they're just checking to make sure it's as they believe it is. No driver change. Behind him, a couple of pit stops behind the blue Acura, the 10 car. That has had a driver change. Slightly out of my vision to see who it was who got in. That's getting a full service and a full set of tyres. But the Porsche up this left-hand side tyres and fuel driver stays from quarter seven. The 10, a full service with driver change. Yeah, Ricky Taylor finally getting out of that number 10 car. I think he's the only driver that's still at the wheel at this point from the start of the race so almost three hours at the wheel there for Ricky Taylor in Carl Robinson as well well no in, in the GGP oh uh, GGP yes no no I totally totally agree that seems to be a bit of a tradition for Ricky to do that long yeah. stint early in the race here at the Rolex 24 it seems that he, he gets on with that every year the sister car has been running well too for uh, Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti uh, Louis Delatras the Swiss driver in the number 40 Acura GTP car running a really strong stint there before coming in. A little bit off strategy with everyone else. Uh, Nick Damon continues with the GTP. This time it's the red front of Cadillac, the number 31 wheeled car. And that is not getting a driver change. He's currently getting some right side tyres as the six Porsche comes in behind me as well. So it's I'm just waiting to see, yep, and it's four tyres for the 31 wheeled Cadillac. Uh, the six Porsche is getting some right side tyres. Will he get left side? This is very exciting. Driver staying on board again. And they're going to give the, the six the benefit of four tyres? No. So, it, so right, the seven only got left-hand side, and the eight only got sorry, and the six only got right-hand side tyres. Full set of fuel, uh, no driver change. Either two Porsches, but, but perhaps they're just trying stuff now to see what it's like. You know, do something different on each of the cars and work out what works. Um, the Whelan car has just had a, bit, a big lump of something removed from its front splitter, probably, probably a part of the boot lid from Mustang, I expect. But they've got that out and they're away. Uh, the JDC Miller Motorsports, the 85, the bright yellow customer Porsche is also in now. That dies into its pit box. It's a little bit out of my sight and the sun's in my eyes. I well, I'm working hard today. Um, no driver change there either. So the uh, 85 is staying on board with the pilot. And they are doing, well, they're doing right-hand side tyres at the moment. Let's see if they decide to do left-hand sides as well. And the answer is no, because it's off the air jacks. So that's another Porsche just doing two tyres at this stop and fueling up as well. In comes the number three, and of course it's the Corvette in uh, Pro, GT Pro. That is also retaining its driver, currently doing right side tyres. Uh, fuel going in, not sure we're going to get left-hand side tyres in this one either. We're right into the two-tyre world. Yep, that's a two-tyre as well. It's a different class. That's the Corvette in GT Pro has also gone two tyres. So we are now seeing tyre strategies playing out because they've only got a set number of sets that makes sense to use over 24 hours. A set number of sets? How many yeah. sets is a set number of sets? Is that a set square? Uh, the, well, no, that would be many sets if it was set squared, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, we got the BMW 24 coming in as well, just as Nick decided he was going to pop away. 
Yeah, I'm sorry it's becoming the Nick Damon show, but it's just... It's just no, but it's all about you, love. But that, do you know what? I'm glad you said that, because I've been wanting to say it for the last 12 years. Uh, 24 is in. Uh, this is getting uh, right side so far. It's come in a bit of an angle. He's come a bit too far points to the left. I'm not quite sure why. It wasn't the car he had to clear. The fuel load... Nope, they're giving him four tyres. That's three, actually, at the moment. I'm not sure... I don't think they've changed the rear left. They've changed the other three, which is a bit strange. You should see what's going on there. Perhaps... Perhaps they, um, I may have missed the first one, I'm not quite sure. A rear right. No, they actually, I, I do think they, wonder whether they've done diagonals there. But they definitely changed the front, the front left. And they definitely, I think they changed both the right-hand side tyres. The rear left, not so much. Oh, that was difficult. Had to come out of a very, very oblique angle because the, uh, um, cute angle, sorry. I should get my, my, uh, and orange collect. Because he was actually trying to avoid a tyre that was kind of left by the Heart of Racing team to the right-hand side of their car. Um, Ooh, calm down for a bit. Trigonometry with Nick Damon down there. Squeals. Crowd strike pit report. He's brought his pencil case with him, clearly. Well, yes. Have you got your protracted? <laughs> Protractor. Uh, we've done another race hour. We're down to just under 21 hours gone. As in the pit lane, we have the number 12. Uh, this is this was at the leading GTD. Vassar Sullivan RCS GT3. Nick's finding out how many tyres they did actually put on and how many credits to get from Michelin for us mentioning that. As the fueling continues on the Vassar Sullivan at number 12 machine. It was brought in by Parker Thompson. He's already dropped down uh, to fifth position as Wright Motorsports 120. Elliot Skier driving that car has gone through to the lead. Wright, uh, sorry, yes, Wright Motorsports, Elliot Skier's gone through to the lead. Inception and Brendan Arib in second and Chetila with Roberto Lacorte has gone through as has Triazi Competizione, another Ferrari there Charles Scardina so at least down to fifth so far, Charlie we're allowed to call him, but then again I it said Prio, it doesn't say Sebastian Prio but it does say Jan Maria Bruni on my timing screens so moving into the late afternoon stroke, early evening a bit of cloud bubbled up earlier on and I was slightly worried but uh, Aaron up in Concord, keeping me aware of what's going on on the weather radar it's a real team effort here at IMSA Radio and IMSA TV and, and before something uh, kicks off see I mentioned the word radar and Aaron is here, would you like to see the radar? well for our international TV world feed stream, let's have a look at some weather radar while I tell you about <laughs> absolutely nothing <laughs> oh great evening I'm very sorry if you live in Oak Hill because you're about to get you've just had a shower or at least a little bit of cloud it's a big team effort on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV uh, our voices are part of it and therefore thank you for very the, all the very lovely comments that you see about all of the on-air team but behind that it's a bit like Inception and I mean Inception the movie, not Inception the motor racing team. There are layers upon layer of... Uh, uh, layer upon layer upon layer of support and help. And if any of it fails, we all fail. So Aaron is cutting pictures and talking to me. He is uh, up in Concord in that brand new NASCAR Productions uh, facility that was... Uh, the tape was cut on earlier on this month 
back in London. Uh, we've got Tim Gray, we've got Hugh, we've got Kerry Cobb and a number of others. Uh, and, of course, here at the track, we've got our camera operators, plus everybody here makes sure that the fibre is talking to each other. Uh, we've got uh, Matt Roper and Christine, uh, who have been helping us out directly. But it, add to that the IMSA technical team and Bilal and everybody else that goes on. And that's before we talk about paying the bills to be here, which is the commercial side of things of all of our sponsors, with a responsible adult, Eve Hewitt, and then you. Yes, you. I'm, I'm talking to you out there who are watching and listening, because without your eyes and ears, we don't give the return on investment to the sponsors. We can't pay for the coverage, and then you wouldn't see it anyway. Does that make sense? That's what I mean when it's team. So thank you very much indeed to everybody who's been involved in getting us back here for 2024 and allowing us to do our job. Because, yes, here at Daytona we can see all around the circuit, and I remember the binoculars today, but the overhead shots, all of the camera operators who are out there in the heat, the cold, the wet, the dry, the foggy, etc., they make it happen. And it's a big thanks to everybody, including my co-commentators. Into the pit lane again for... Um, was that the 19 again that came through, yes. guys? Yes, it was. Jeremy. For the second time, a, a, a stop and... Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Thank you, Peter Mackay. For failure to adhere to the minimum refueling time, i.e. they refuel too quickly. Uh, you have to take... If you're doing a full fill, you have to take 40 seconds for that... For that uh, fill if you if you're not taking on as quite as much fuel as that that the time is uh, is prorated effectively so if you, if you refuel too fast you're going to get a penalty that's the second time it's happened to that number 19 Lamborghini that's something that the teams are, should have been very very well aware of because IMSA certainly pointed it out to them on numerous occasions we've also had a couple of penalties for working outside the box and I think the inception McLaren might get pinked for that so let's wait to see I was watching them I didn't need to see the binoculars it wasn't that close if I'm honest this from the RWEC discord group on uh, Nick Damon set theory is the branch of mathematical logic that studies sets which can be informally described as collections of objects although objects of any kind could be collected into a set set theory as a branch of mathematics is mostly concerned with those who are that are relevant to mathematics as a whole beg your pardon I blacked out. I dozed over week, there. <laughs> next week, a second level course in nuclear <laughs> physics. <laughs> Open University late night television. Men, men in jumpers with patches on their elbows. That pretty much describes what we do here at IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Uh, the movie car, which is in the race, is here pulling into. Now, is it pulling? There's two pit stops, pit stalls there. It pulls into the one that is actually a pit stall and she Adam is down there. That's because it has to be serviced by Wright Motorsport and Wright Motorsport with the pit box just before the Rolex uh, shoot is open. The effectively next pit box down is null and void for this race purposes. Right side Michelin's only and no driver change as I think is that Jan Halen who's uh, showing up on telemetry is being driving the car it has been going ra very rapidly Adam Adelson did start this car and there's quite a bit of debris on the front that the movie production company will want to look at to try and mimic for where the car should look at about this point in the race but just waiting on fuel there we go 
And glasses. No, that was Elliot Steer behind Will, who stayed aboard. She was. She down there. Can you pop into uh, the zero four crowd strike uh, pit? Because. Uh, that car lost a whole heck of a lot of time coming into the pit last time around. Went past Nick very slowly. The speculation we might have run that car out of petrol. Um, and so we'll just need that for Jeremy's, uh, Jeremy's notes. And penalty for the car number 70, Inception McLaren. Drive-through penalty for pit lane speeding. Oh. So there's a lot of what is one of our Porsche keys to the race? No penalties. Well, uh, they've not been listening um, well. to to us there, and that was something that in night practice. Oh, off goes oh. the Sean Creech car again. again, and just getting it's right in the middle of the circuit, and it's being passed either side. The 33 of Lance Wilsey, and he's at turn number oh. six, just coming back onto the high banks. He's not too far round the corner, so he should be able to be seen. Lance is staying steadfastly where he is. I think he'd be able to pull forward when it's safe to do so if he's got motive Full power. Course Full course yellow. Pits are closed. It's too dangerous a spot there, really, to it's be for any for length of time. Job Arbosa was driving that car through the last stint and, uh, and running nicely. That's the only Ligier. We haven't seen a Ligier in this series for four or five years. We've seen a Ligier anywhere in LP2 for four or five years, quite frankly. And that Sean Creech Motorsports, they've had a pretty steep learning curve, had to uh, you know, completely rebuild that car. It was, I think, it's an ex ALC practice lava car, but it hasn't been run for a while. Uh, they were learning fast and clearly it's a good pace for Joao Barbosa in that last stint but uh, unfortunately Lance got caught out a couple of times in this stint uh, Jeremy ask and thou shalt received oh now uh, is the number 10 or the number 10 uh, accurate oh, oh that's very cool. weird as the, as the 10 accurate leading the race no sorry not leading the race because he's stopped Brendan Hartley in the 10 car coming through with Philip Eng right behind him went through and Lance locked up a wheel as they were going past and Tom uh, and uh, Philippe Eng just missed him as did the Heart of Racing 23 who took evasive action down the uh, inside as did the Rizzi Ferrari the other way uh, yes on the other side correct and, and of course as soon as we call full course yellow he's got to go to point it, it was in a dangerous position no you couldn't afford to wait there no way in right fact, on I think the apex he might have been of where he started actually because he was uh, he was on on the track he was right on the apex of, of turn 6 which is just coming up onto the out of the infield section and onto the uh, super speedway so the, mm. the Acura number 10 Konica Minolta it's really hard to tell whether there was contact yeah. or not yeah, I think he just locked up the brakes yeah, and spun I, I agree Jeremy there was no uh, contact from behind no he was already spinning yeah. yes it was very tight mind you uh, yeah, rear, rear back bias maybe yeah it looked like as you or said, or maybe a nip on a downshift as well, possibly. It's, it's difficult to do in these things, isn't it? Uh, they maybe with the Acura just pulling across a tiny bit. Oh, that was very, very tight. Oh, it, there's no ABS on any of the prototype cars, so if you slightly, if you slightly over brake. You can easily lock a, a wheel, particularly if you're down changing. Uh, he'd only just come out. Uh, yeah, he'd been, sort been of five, five laps. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. everything should have been up to temperature. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, because he already had to spin a little while ago. Uh, we just yeah. completed 100 laps, by the way, uh, before this caution came out. 
So it'll be 101 as they come up to take the full Ooh. course course. Uh, remind us, uh, I'll, give, I'll give you due warning of the lap distance. Because um, somebody's going to ask me any second now. I'm counting down. What's the the, the lap record here? Distance record? She'll uh, probably have it in her head. Uh, I've given you due warning. And let's rattle through some uh, of the audience. Uh, Jesse Young says every year I watch the Rolex, see the new GT3 Evo kits, get envious, know we've got to wait a whole year to see cars like Corvette and Mustang uh, at the Bathurst 12 hours. Uh, hello to Philip, who says, oh, now we're cooking. Great work to have the telemetry site for the fans, as ever. IMSA, yeah, Dr. Tom would be proud of that, no doubt. Hello to Tao, Murph. Uh, allowing me to listen as I drive around working this afternoon. Looking forward to getting home for some live coverage. Uh, I'm not sure where you are in the world, but uh, thank you very much indeed. Hello to Uncle Kevin. Is the uh, Mustang moving side to side? Is the door moving? Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. Hello to Leafs. Enjoying it from Canada. Uh, Toronto. Uh, cold beverages and hot race cars doesn't get any better than this can't wait for CTMP this year it'll be good I promise uh, hello to Minty GTS oh hello Minty GTS long way to go chill all uh, Minty GTS is two of my favourite Porsches that I've ever seen and uh, it keeps them absolutely fabulous two great coloured cars loving the club sport as well Minty, got to see that at some stage. Are they mint blue or mint green? Uh, yes. Ah, is the okay. is the answer to that. Um, hello, the bookie fan. He said, um, "I'm listening, but I get a bit of a. Uh, I need a bit of a delay. You can dial in a bit of delay if you need it uh, on the player. Um, it's uh, it's up to you uh, on that because there is a pause switch." Uh, on the audio player and the video player actually so if you're trying to sync it up to something else that's fine good for watch parties that if you discord yeah. watch parties are quite popular nowadays and you can then sync up to the same second in the race ah very good so everybody's watching at the same that's like looking across to somebody on the plane and going three two one press play so you're all watching the, the same part movie of the movie at the same time yeah, yeah. okay i do have uh, an answer uh, uh, by the way that did happen uh, that was uh, Nick Damon and Joe uh, Bradley did that on the way over. Uh, wait until I tell you which film it was. Okay. Well, was it The Fast and the Furious? Was it The New Maverick? Was it Mission I think it'd be Impossible? more the Barbie movie, maybe. It was the Barbie ah, movie. Yeah, see, there you go. Of course it was. Uh, I do have an answer on laps completed, not the record, Good. but what we had last year. We had 783 yeah. laps last year. Yeah. 87 no, of which were on the full course record. record. No, no it wasn't. Uh, we're not going a good way about it to break the record this year, it must be said. Shea, what's the number? For the prototype class and the GTD class, both records were set back in 2020. Prototype was 833 laps. GTD was 765. And GTD Pro, which was set last year, was 729 laps. What was the GTD Pro, did you say, sorry? GTD Pro is 729. GTD, 765. Prototype, 833. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Nick Damon has some pit callers. Yeah, I've got the Mustang sampling uh, Cadillac. I've also got the Whelan Cadillac, which I think has already been in and been out. They've got the 25 
BMW, the both the pair, the seven and the six uh, Porsche. I think it's just been top ups are almost. I haven't seen any tyres being taken back off the apron, and I'm, obviously it's a bit far away for drivers. Unlikely to drive. Let's top up for the 40 Acura and just calling JDC Miller are now just pulling into the pits at the moment. So that's good news. And uh, we're about to get the uh, a of P, the P2 cars coming as well. Something gone past me already, and therefore I'm sure I've gone to Shay. Uh, the only car that's going to pull in my area is going to be the 52 Europol car, which very nearly had a coming together with the JDC Miller car that's coming out. Was a, uh, that, that probably would be an unsafe release in F1. It's just a normal day. Now, interestingly, there is a problem or a delay on the Mustang sampling car. They've been, uh, that's the number five Porsche. They've been sitting there for, they came in almost first. They've gone out almost last. Obviously, under yellow, it's not a major thing. It's just track position. But they're having a good old check at something in the, uh, the driver's side door. I think Shea is just about to change over, so do we get a quick word from her beforehand? Nope, okay. Uh, fine stuff. By the way, 833 laps. That was 2,965.18 miles or 4,772.48 kilometres. That was the Wayne Taylor Racing Cadillac with Ryan Briscoe, Scott Dixon, Kamui Kobayashi, and Renga Fontazanda in that car. Uh, Thanks to our producer back in London. They were that. very strong that year. They were. Yeah, yeah very 2020, very, very strong. And they, they, with just a couple of hours to go towards the end, Ryan Briscoe actually, uh, sorry, Ryan, uh, missed the, uh, the the red light at the end of the pits and got oh, a big yes. penalty, that's and right. they still won the race. Uh, that's how strong they were in that uh, Konica Minolta machine, as it was, now with the Acura brand. And, of course, pairing up with uh, Andretti as well. Also, while we're doing the uh, shout-outs, a big hello to uh, 2023 Nürburgring 24-hour winner, Felipe Fernandez-Lazar, who's watching at home. A couple of his teammates, uh, Nicky Katzberg and Earl Bamber, are in the are in the race. Just to, he still hold the lap record for qualifying at the Nürburgring, the 24. Felipe? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's Raffaele Marcello, isn't it? By yes, you're right now. Uh, Michael Racing says, what time will the points be handed out for Michelin Endurance Challenge? Jeremy. Six hours. Six hours, the first yes, one. Yeah. So, and one six hour hours, away. 12 and 18. Yeah, it's 24, so, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, OK. So every six hours and, and then at the end. There you go, Michael. Ask and you shall receive. At Imza Radio, by the way, is where all this is coming from these questions does the Barbie movie obsession explain Joe Bradley's obsession with pink shorts does he have pink shorts oh I've got pink I've, I've got pictures of him at my first ever Grand Prix now in fairness that was the 80s so you know were uh, they originally red and they just got so no, no no they were no, pink okay no. Uh, we've got the GT field coming in. Let's go to Nick Damon's first of all. Joe Bradley's joined us at pit out. Nick? Uh, Joe's actually going to be in pit in, and that's oh, right. where a lot of the action is. We've we, we got these rotations. Though. Our first hour in, we're in pit in, then we go to pit out for the second hour. It's very organised. All right, well, it's let's like we're a team. Anyway, there's lots of GTD cars coming. In fact, the whole, mo virtually two-thirds, three-quarters of the field has come in. Um, I'm looking to my right, and I, to my left, I've got one of the, uh, the uh, Lamborghini, the 66 Acura, that's getting a set of tyres and some fuel. There is a, they're having to queue at the end. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 14 of the, uh, or 13 of the cars are queuing now, waiting for the red flag to go. This has happened quite regularly, actually. I've had the GTD GT Pro cars being held at the end. Uh, nothing exciting to uh, remark. No one's done anything particularly special. They're all rolling off 
uh, and it seemed relatively at this end at least with little incident and likewise is pit in <coughs> I've literally just walked into a cloud of brake dust from the GTD field uh, the 65 Ford was the nearest car to me I can tell you it just took on tyres and fuel no driver change on the 65 and uh, I think I need to find some sort of defence for pink shorts I don't know where that's come from I have got a bright red suit at the moment Thank you, Joe. One of our CrowdStrike pit lane reporters. 20 hours and 37 minutes to go here in the 62nd Rolex 24-hour at Daytona as the sun begins to just... It's not quite setting just yet. It's actually a beautiful late afternoon here in Florida, just coming up to four minutes past five local time. We're under full course yellow for now, but hopefully it won't be too long before we're back green flag racing Again, so the number 86 MDK Porsche is still taking service. Uh, Nick Damon uh, is down there at the moment. Nick, what have you got? Yeah, I was I kind of saying, oh, everyone's fine. And then I noticed that uh, firstly, the 44 Magnus car was slow away, but only by about 25, 30 seconds. Whereas this 86 uh, car has been here sitting here for the MDK car. I've been sitting here for something. about to go now, obviously, because I've walked all the way up there. It's an exercise car, basically. Walk up and it disappears off without you. Um, but they were having a bit of a look both into the driver's door and onto the rear left, which was the last tyre to go in. Obviously, if you've got a slight question mark or the driver's reported something's a bit strange, now is the time to have a shifty at it because, of course, you're really only losing track position and not any time. Thank you, Nick. So good to see the number 86 MDK car back and running again. It was Kerong Lee who was uh, who was in that car. Who's in it at the moment, Jeremy? Which car? Uh, the 86 MDK car. They've done it. Looks like they've done a driver change. Anders Fjordback. Anders Fjordback. Okay, so it was Klaus Backler who started the car. Kierong Lee in second. And now Anders Fjordback has turned laps, at the wheel. laps off the pace in GTD. The three cars then did not pit out of the GTP ranks. Uh, the uh, number 0, 01, number 10, and number 24. So they will lead the way at the restart. Number 31 car did get out next in line. So first of those that did pit, number 40 car... That of course running on a slightly different strategy did need a bit more fuel because that was in uh, five or six or seven or eight laps depending on which other car earlier than the other GTP car so that has dropped down to eighth position now so certainly interesting that two WTR Andretti cars running on very different fuel strategies and each time they managed to keep one of their cars up front while the other one falls back into the pack quite clever they're splitting them at the moment as a way of things have gone now nick damon is uh, is down in the pits and here's another crowd strike pit lane report uh, with Kenon lee just out of the 86 md uh, car um Kenon, a bit of a long pit stop for your team what was the problem there i think we have some uh, engine issue we lost the power in the street so the team was checking checking the car a little bit hopefully nothing wrong but uh, let's see after the next uh, caution finish. Was it indicative perhaps an electrical problem, the power missing? Was it like a misfire or, or just you pressed your foot and nothing happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty tough today. I mean, this traffic is uh, crazy and also the restart. And uh, like when I drive in my life, the leg was a little bit hurt. So I almost lost the car in the third one. But, um, you know, my job is to keep the car one piece to give my pro driver that's always the target and uh, 
to finish my thing as soon as possible. So, but the good thing is I already down two hours thirty minutes, so I still have two hours to do, but which is okay. Hopefully, hopefully we can finish. You know, this is the target. Yeah. Well, at least the next two hours you do should be cooler. It's getting cooler from now on. Will you will you go out uh, in the dark? I mean, I know it's not that dark here because of the floodlights. So will you wait till the morning? Yeah, I mean, like Porsche always fasting the night because of the cold air and also because of their engine. It's a little bit dark, to be honest. Even you have the lights here, you got the, too much traffic behind you, all the prototype. You are like a blind white, blind yellow on your mirror. So, but we have a good spotter. I think we we can figure it out. You know, that's a plan. We, we need to finish. Yep. Hope you do. Thanks, Geron. Thank you. I appreciate it. So the uh, CrowdStrike pit lane reports are coming thick and fast. Great to hear there from Kerong Lee in the number 86 MDK Porsche. But we're about to go back to green here with the 01 Cadillac ready to lead us back into green flag racing. It's Scott Dixon, multiple winner of this race at the wheel right now. Waiting for the green flag. Green flag in the air. Back to racing with eight and a half. Excuse me. 20 and a half hours to go. So Scott Dixon leads down into turn one with the number 10. Wayne Taylor racing Acura right in there behind. That's Brendan Hartley, the four times world endurance champion, right in there in second place. Then it's the pole sitting Whalen Engineering Cadillac there in third of Jack Aitken. Who's, and oh, you won't believe this, it's the number 33, Sean Creech Ligier again has had an issue manages to get back going and it's the same corner that throughout the last full course yellow at turn six oh but it gets back going again we stay green nonetheless now joe bradley one of our crowd strike pit lane reporters is down in the pits with harry tinknell well i was but then he got uh, dragged away by his engineer i'm going to see if harry harry's just preparing his drink getting ready he hasn't been in the car yet in the race but I thought I'd take the opportunity, Harry, and catch you before you go to work, so to speak. And tell me what your thoughts are on this brand new GT3 uh, Mustang and the, the GTD, sorry, but it is a GT3 spec Mustang and the project from Ford. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, this car is going to race all over the world in GT3 spec, obviously called GTD over here, and uh, we're super excited to get going. We've got the whole Ford family here, Bill Ford and his uh, and his sons and Edsel as well. So um, we're hoping to put on a show for them. I think we showed some really strong pace. Uh, in those uh, opening few stints there and obviously we had that little issue with the with the rear end uh we got our car had a little bit of contact and uh anyway nothing that um couldn't be fixed super fast by these uh this automatic crew so we're um yeah first race of course tons to learn tons to prove to the world first time you know with a car in public but uh we're quietly confident that we just stay in the race get to the last four hours and we know that's when it when it all gets a bit tasty so that's our aim get there in one piece and then we'll see at this stage of the programme, Harry, no one's expecting anything from you. I think, you know, if you get icing on a cake, then all the better. But where, where do you feel the car is? I mean, you've got a lot of experience with coming into new programmes, uh, too numerous to mention. Where, where do you feel the car is? How long before we see the car, you know, not just going for wins, but going for that championship? We're still at the point now where every day we run the car, we learn more and, we, and, we, and we're improving it. So I think uh, we, we've still got steps to go for sure. And uh, like I say, every day, every time we go on the simulator, every time we do a test day, we've got the team back in uh, Canada and in Mooresville um, just analyzing the data, working and improving. So, yeah, definitely um, haven't seen the best of us yet for sure. And I think obviously 
you know, the dreaded uh, phrase BOP, you know, I think clearly with a new car, I think their IMSA and all the governing bodies are a little bit, um, how do I put it, just cautious, shall we say. Um, and so I feel like, you know, maybe straight line speed this weekend, we're a little bit down, but I think actually we're really happy with the handling of the car and we've just been moving, moving up the field and I think we're running in the top four then before those little issues. But like I say, in this type of racing, it doesn't mean anything. We're all on the lead lap here and uh, the plan is to just stay there until four hours to go and then hammer down as much as we can and see what we can achieve. So what exactly, what concoction are you mixing up there? You sort of white powderish thing going into a drink, into a bottle of water. What will that do? I'd love to say it's a gin and tonic, but uh, not at this point. Maybe in uh, 24 hours' time or something. But uh, no, just a little hydration drink. You know, we sweat quite a lot in the car. And if you just put water back in, that's not good at all for the body. So it's just uh, an electrolyte mix. Get some salts uh, back in the body. And uh, yeah, just try and keep that topped up before the start of the race because uh, you want to be sort of overhydrated because during the race you're going to sweat it all out and it's difficult to put it back in. Obviously in the middle of the night we're trying to sleep and you've just got to try and rehydrate as much as you can. So um, yeah, just a little little passion fruit mix there today. Great stuff. We talk about the cars a lot, but we sometimes forget the human element. Good luck, Harry. Thanks for talking to us, mate. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, that is how Harry Tinknell stays hydrated in the race car. Now there's a little bit more action going down in, going on down in the pit lane the number 20 high class racing with MTK LMP2 has got some issues Nick Damon's been down there Nick what do you see? Well I must admit it's one of the, it's one of the most uh, uh, interesting pieces of mechanical work I've actually seen during a race they've uh, completely rebuilt the rear suspension not because anything was broken or not anything was obviously broken but obviously it wasn't feeling right uh, they've, they've replaced both the dampers, and they're very nice, expensive dampers they are. They've also then had to reset um, the lengths of the, uh, the uh, wishbones and the toe links, and then they had to look at the anti-roll bars. Now, I'm not sure whether that was going to setting it back to where it was. Normally, of course, you'd have the, the spare damper set the same as the main, the main ones in the car, but possibly perhaps that wasn't working. So they've done a huge amount of work on the rear of that car. Um, obviously, that car was in the wars earlier in the day, but uh, it looks it's more like a simple suspension problem. Thank you, Nick. So the, a few bits of repair there for the number 20 high-class racing LMP2, which has already had a pretty interesting day out there, it must be said, after a little uh, well, a little spin right in front of the uh, number 12 Vassar Sullivan Lexus that was leading GTD Pro at the time, and uh, a big, big impact for, uh, for both cars. The number 20 got away a little bit lighter, um, but only, only relatively speaking, seems, Jeremy, that we've, we've seen quite a few incidents where the, the tyres aren't quite up to full temperature and pressure, where it's catching a few drivers out so far in this uh, first three and a half hours of this race. True that, yes, it, it is, and uh, it's a, something that it was, it's more of a problem when the conditions are cooler, which it will be overnight, but not nearly as cool as it was last weekend. Uh, a couple of drivers just turned in their best laps in this race, notably Philippe Massa uh, in the number 74 car, who's just taken over from Gar Robertson did an absolutely stellar stint there of uh, about three, three and a half hours in the number 74 car, Felipe Massa then, and he was running it nicely in the, uh, well, he was running about eighth or ninth uh, towards the end car, but he, he had a, a really, really good effort for him, and he's now handed over to Felipe Massa. It's uh, Nico Pino who leads the class now in the United Autosports car number two. He's just overtaken the dragon speed entry of Sebastian Alvarez, uh, who was leading at the restart. So Toby Sowery, meanwhile, is moving his way back up towards the front, having had that problem at that last pit stop 
uh, or the previous pit stop when he lost a lot of ground having been closing on Leb 2 car currently driven at the time by Pato Award so uh, Toby Sauri once again now on a charge in number 04 car up to third position in LMP2 that's just going to go on all day long problem for the number 9 Faf car the number 9 Faf McLaren at the Le Mans chicane running straight on and is staying down low so there's an issue here for the number nine mclaren faf their first race with the british brand they're very familiar with the brand in retail of the mclaren supercars but their first race with the uh was that's the 720s where, where he going? well he's making sure he's out the way that's for sure it's marvin kirkhofer at the at the wheel right now i don't see a tire going down jeremy so what is it that's wrong with that number nine? Yeah, something serious, McLaren. that's for sure. Ah, oh, that's such a shame. But they were running really strong, particularly yeah. with Ollie Jarvis at the wheel. They were running well. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they've been running at, at or around the front for pretty much the, the entire race, which is already three and a half hours more more into this race. So we're, we've already completed more than a regular season event in the Emirates World Tech Sports Car Championship. They're generally two hours and 40 minutes, so three hours and 34 already in this race and yeah that car continuing slowly into the pit lane the cars the cars got quite a lot of quite a lot of grass in the straight uh, behind the, the straight grill. behind the wall straight behind the wall oh no straight behind the wall then for the faf mclaren so we'll go back to the garage and the canadian crew will jump into action to try and fix whatever is the problem so we just had a pit stop there from the number 40 Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Acura. That's the Dex imaging car. Uh, Nick Damon, you saw the stop. What was the service taken? I was looking at it from a long way away, but it was uh, it was fuel only on that 40 car. Just fuel. Strange. I shouldn't have needed fuel because that car was only, it was in during the previous caution period. So uh, something uh, not quite right there. What are they up to? I wonder. The uh, what's been a a little bit of a surprise so far in this race in the GTP category is if you look at the times in the roar before the 24 test and indeed through practice the Acuras have just been that little bit behind some of the other uh, manufacturers particularly the Cadillac but in the race they really are working the strategy hard and are keeping themselves up there right now Brendan Hartley driving the number 10 Konica Minolta Wayne Taylor Racing Acura with Andretti Brendan became a four time world endurance uh, champion at the end of last season and he's chasing down his countryman Scott Dixon so we've got a Kiwi 1-2 uh, at the front just nine tenths of a second between them at the last time that they came by the start finished and they were separated by they were separated by 19 thousandths of a second on the last lap so it is mighty mighty tight between the 0-1 Cadillac the leader and the number 10 Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti yeah. Acura that's right with the pole sitting car Jack Aitken at the wheel number 31 wheel and Cadillac right there in third position as well Philip Eng's not far back is he just less than a second in the number 24 BMW and he's got his uh, his uh, teammate as his tail gunner too Nick Yellowly in number 25 car so uh, the 24 and the 25 they've been running kind of at the back of the pack in the second or third stints in this race but since then they've moved forward again we're going to see this ebb and flow particularly through the opening half of the race if not more as the teams 
employ slightly differing uh, tyre strategies. Uh, we know they've got a, a, a finite amount of tyres they have for this entire race. They're going to have to double stint their tyres several times during a race. And obviously, they want fresh tyres for each of the stints in a ladder stages so they get all that double stinting done now. But it's getting a little bit cooler now. We've got uh, the shadows beginning to cast a little bit longer by the main grandstand here. Most of the front straight is now in shade. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly fascinating to see how already in this race we've seen cars kind of drifting up and down the order for various reasons. So the replay. Faf, yeah, the Faf McLaren going around the outside. I've got a big, big draft on the... Uh, on the Ford Mustang there, but it just loses huge amount of power coming into the Le Mans chicane a little bit further round the lap. So something has gone wrong quite quickly and quite dramatically for the uh, the number nine Faf McLaren. What a pity! This Faf crew, multiple IMSA champions, and the crew are already and they're looking around the front right corner, looking at the suspension. One of our uh, one of our fans riding in on uh, on IMSA radio said, have a look at the, uh, just thought the wheel looked slightly over uh, over cambered. Um, that was Andrew Mather. Thank you for uh, for writing in. So very very strange and what a what a disappointment for uh, for Faf Motorsport. They didn't have a well. They put they did the very best they could last year in the Rolex Twenty Four. They didn't necessarily have the outright pace, but they with a huge amount of strategy. They actually won our BBO No Strategy Award uh, for keeping on the lead lap and finishing fifth. And that was a, a very, very good result in the circumstances. This race, they definitely got a stronger pace, but that's no use if you're in the garage after just three hours and 40 minutes. Change of position there with number 31, Cadillac moving up to second position. Jack Aitken finding way past Brendan Hartley. So Cadillac ahead of the Acura down to third now. And uh, Jack Aitken will set sail after Scott, after uh, Scott Dixon here. That he is. Aitken really on the charts here. Now into the draft of Dixon as they come over the start and finish line. And Dixon having to make his way through the traffic into turn one. And the two Cadillacs are absolutely nose to tail now. Nothing between them at all. Jack Aitken there last time by a 138.4 playing yeah. at 138.7 for Dixon. Yeah, pulling away uh, rapidly there from uh, Brendan Hartley and the Acura, who's now got his mirrors full with both of the BMWs, Philip Eng in number 24, Matthew Jaminet, excuse me, not uh, Philip Eng in car number 24, and Nick Yellowly in car number 25. Um, who, and uh, th those two will look uh, look pretty racy, as does Jack Aitken. Look at him putting the pressure on Scott Dixon as they head up toward turn six. Jack Aitken running with the, uh, the Scottish thistle uh, on on his helmet, especially painted for this uh, race. Now, Joe Bradley, one of our CrowdStrike pit lane reporters, is down in the lane right now. Joe, what have you got for us? Yeah, I've got a bit of inside information, actually, uh, Peter. Uh, the 66 Gradient Racing Acura is being driven by Stephen McAleer, and Stephen reports that he is completely relying on his spotter, Reid Sorensen, into Turn 1 as the sun has made the rearview camera completely unusable. 
uh, just an interesting insight, isn't it? You know, we sort of take for granted, like us was saying about Harry Tinknell having to, you know, rehydrate. We take the human element for granted, don't we? We think that the drivers out there can see what we can see, and it's just not true. It's uh, it's and things like the sun going down, it's very low at the moment, just disappearing behind the main grandstand, but it does make things tricky. It does give you an excuse to wear your poop shades, though, Joe. You know what, Peter? You were completely and utterly drowned out by the cars going by there. <laughs> I mean, that's how loud it is. I've got cans on, and I completely drowned you out. Thank you, Joe Bradley, down in the pits, giving us the CrowdStrike pit lane reports. The two Cadillacs just marching away at the front of the field now. Are they starting to pull the pin here now as they... As the sun comes down at Daytona International Speedway, we've got quite a lot of long hours of uh, darkness, basically quarter past six to seven o'clock in the morning, official hours of darkness. And interesting, Jeremy, in our Michelin Countdown to Green show, Ricky Taylor saying he reckons they're going to have to do ten double stints on tyres throughout the race. So that's a, that's a big effort. Yeah, um... I'm not sure whether the GTP cars need, need to do that. I mean, it'll depend on, on cautions and everything and strategies and all that sort of stuff. But the, the LMP2 cars, uh, so a couple of the drivers there would tell me they, have, they certainly have to do it 10 times during the race at least because the uh, LMP2 cars, they pit about every, between 40 and 45 minutes. The uh, GTP cars can get a better part of an hour on, on, uh, of green flag running. If... Uh if you wish, uh, one really good resource uh, to go on if, you've, uh, if you've got the screen capability, imsa.com forward slash GTP dash telemetry, where you can keep an eye on what the GTP cars are doing, what speed they're doing. Are they on the throttle? Are they on the brake? You even know which gear they're in on those X-Track gearboxes. So do catch out that. So this, the Faf McLaren seems to be a little bit of a mystery. It had attempted a move around the outside of the Ford Mustang number 64 in GTD Pro and still didn't see any contact between them but it was a pretty sudden failure just before entering the Le Mans chicane but we're hearing word from the pits uh, from the paddock that they're working hard on one of the axles and trying to replace one of the axles, Jeremy, and at the front of the car, so that's not the driven, it's not as if it's a, the driven part of the car, that's just the steering part. Yeah, some sort of hub problem there, or, yeah. And that's on the right side, so if there, yeah, if there were contact, we'd be looking at the left side um, of that Faf McLaren, so there, there, clearly it wasn't as a result of that side-to-side uh, -side racing with the, uh, the Mustang. No, indeed. But that's that's heartbreaking. But for me, the attrition, actually, for three hours and 45 minutes in, we've had a pretty heavy rate of attrition. The number 20 high-class racing LMP2 cars behind the wall right now after taking some repairs in the pits. They clearly felt they need to get more involved with that. What is the difference of working behind the wall compared to in the pits? Well, in the pits, you have a very limited number of pit crew that can work on the car at any one time. But if you take it behind the wall, back to the garage is about well, two or three hundred meters away, depending on where your pit box is in, in pit lane. Then you can uh, you can put as many people on it as you want, and just uh, just like that, Joe Bradley, our crowd strike pit lane reporting has more. And then, of course, the other thing 
to add to what you were saying there, Peter, you don't just have to focus on the repair job. Whilst, you're, whilst you've got a team repairing the car, you can also completely service the rest, the, the remaining areas of the car. So you don't reach it, you can change brake discs all around, or you can replenish oil and, and top up your fluids and stuff. So it can completely unrestrict you for what you can completely do on the car, and you can you know do as much as you can whilst that repair job is ongoing. Thank you, Joe. That's an excellent point. Yeah, because the it, it, with the attrition rate that we're seeing, you, you just never know how important a finish here could be and to score points, uh, whether that be in the overall IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship or indeed the Michelin Endurance Cup, which is run across the Rolex 24 at Daytona here, the Sebring 12 hours, the Watkins Glen 6 hours, and indeed Petit Le Mans at the end of the season. So there's, uh, there's, yeah. a, the, you know, the, there's a lot to play for here. Okay, the race win might be over, but... It, it, definitely those points they all count up at the end of the year yes they do and uh, yeah ab absolutely as we saw last year I mean crazy close going into the final race of the season in terms of points it's 22 points or something covering the top four I think it was if I remember rightly something like that it was and um, considering you got 350 for a win and 35 for a pole position that was just ridiculously close after a, a nine race season uh, or eight races prior to that final round uh, but uh, yeah, no, this is this is a fascinating contest, isn't it? Just looking there, the the two those two BMWs that were uh, closing up onto the, the tail end of Brendan Hartley in third position, they just changed places again. So Nick Yellowly, number twenty-five car, just moved past Philip Eng, and those three cars battling for third place. Brendan Hartley has it at the moment in car number ten, but the two BMWs are right behind him, and the gap back to the number six. Uh, Porsche around about three seconds that's extended just a little bit over the last uh, four or five laps looking at LMP2 we saw a pit stop for Sebastian Alvarez in car number 81 just a little while ago that's the car that did not pit during the uh, previous caution period uh, so he needed a pit stop he's uh, relinquished what was second position because he's already been overtaken by Nico Pino in car number two Toby Sowery after early earlier problem at the previous round of pit stops moved himself back in, up into second position in the crowd strike by APR number 04 but on right on his tail and looking for a way past is Felipe Massa the former F1 driver uh, driving the number 74 Riley 74 Ranch uh, Orica as well so he is right there and uh, Nick Bull in the number 52 car for into Europol by uh, PR1 in fourth position and uh, only losing about half a second a lap to the uh, XF1 driver that's a pretty stout effort by, by Nick Bull the Texan that, that it is that, that it is so time for uh, VP Racing in race update as uh, Jeremy just gave us a good run down there the uh, LMP2s in particular at the front of the field is the two Cadillacs Scott Dixon and Jack Aitken who are marching away in a Quite a formation right now. They lead Brendan Hartley's number 10, Konica Minolta Acura, by just over four seconds at the moment in that uh, top GTP class. Nick Yellily, the first of the BMWs in car number 25. Then it's Philip Eng, car number 24, the second BMW in fifth place. Then it's a string of Porsches, four Porsches in a row. Matthias Jaminet, car number six for Porsche Penske Motorsport. 
Uh, car number five uh, is uh, Prodong Competition, the Mustang sampling car, Jimmy Bruni. Then it's car number seven, Dane Cameron for Porsche Penske Motorsport. Ben Keating doing a double stint in the number 85, JDC Miller Motorsport Porsche. And then it's the Acura of Colton Herta, car number 40. Which is a lap down, having made that pit stop a little while ago. So uh, it, it, uh, uh, there must have been a slight delay, I think, on the number 40 car to, to cause it to go a lap down. Uh, the uh, those two of those Porsches, by the way, number five and seven, just uh, exchanged positions as you were talking there. So Jimmy Bruni moving ahead of Dane Cameron, the Proton car number five moving ahead of Dane Cameron in the uh, Penske Por- Porsche Motorsports team, number seven. So uh, that uh, that number five car that's been running really nicely. And Ben Keating, look, he's only he's losing maybe uh, six or seven tenths of a second a lap to Jimmy Bruni. Uh, and Dane Cameron, that's uh, that's not bad, is it, for a uh, for a, g- a gentleman driver? Once again, he continues to amaze us. No matter how long we've been talking about Ben Keating and motor racing, he's done this race. Uh, he's had 13 years he's been here, but uh, on seven occasions uh, he's uh, he's had two cars to to enjoy it yeah. with. Uh, as the two Cadillacs continue to march at the front, we'll, we've covered LMP2, we'll carry on with our VP in-race update here. GTD Pro, it's a Corvette 1-2 now, car number 3 uh, Alexander Sims and Nicky Katzberg, car number 4 separated by 4 seconds at the moment. Then in third, it's the Sun Energy 1 Mercedes, car 75 with last year's GTD Pro, Pro winner Maro Engel at the wheel. Then it's Seb Prio in Rexy, the Porsche, car number 77, eight seconds off the lead at the moment in GTD Pro. Then it's the 62 Rizzi Competizione Ferrari of James Collado. Then sixth place in class is Neil Verhagen in the number one uh, Paul Miller Racing BMW. Then the Frederick Verwies driven number 65 Ford Mustang. The Jordan Pepper piloted number 19 Lamborghini. Then it's the first of the Aston Martins, new Evo kit for the Aston Martin, Alex Riberis, driving the heart of racing number 23. And then rounding out the top 10 in GTD Pro is Harry Tinknell, who we heard from just a moment ago, who's been uh, filled up with a passion fruit-flavoured electrolyte drink. That's a mouthful at this time of the day. So that is how they stand in GTD Pro. In GTD, it's Robbie Foley who leads for Turner Motorsport in the car number 96 for, by 2.9 seconds from the number 12 Vassar Sullivan Lexus of Rotomo Miyata, the uh, Japanese single-seater star. Third in class is the much stronger running Aston Martin uh, of Roman De Angelis, car number 27. And sports car star, because Miyata won not only Super Formula last year, he also won yeah, Super GT as well. You're quite right, Jeremy. You're but quite uh, his first right. race in North America and uh, doing a, a really stout job. Uh, that number 12 car has been running up at the sharp end of that field all the way through. He's running some excellent lap times as well. Interesting, uh, I saw um, the uh, the team manager there at Vassar Sullivan, Greg Cates, uh, saw him yesterday morning and and uh, we were comparing notes about... Ex- he, he was at Tasman Motorsports in the Champ Car days, along with many other people in this paddock. And we, we, he, for some reason, we got on that, on that topic and we were talking about Steve Reagan, who used to be a, a crew chief at Tasman. He's sort of semi-retired from the sport these days. He was working with uh, the uh, Kelly Moss with Riley and, and its Porsche Carrera Cup North America a couple of years ago, but not doing so much now. And I, I happened to speak to Steve about 10 days, well, last week, actually. I said, are you going to work 20, Rolex 24 this year? He said, no. So I've had various offers to work with various teams, but now I'm quite happy sitting here in California. And I speak to Greg Cates 
this morning, yesterday morning, and he said uh, that Reagan's going to be here. Steve Reagan's going to be here. I said, why? So he lied to me? No, 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 no. I, they called him up last Sunday because Steve Reagan is half Japanese, speaks perfect Japanese, and Rotomo speaks pretty good English, but they thought in the heat of the battle, when he gets out of the car, they want somebody to give him the precise information to the team. So they called up Steve Reagan, who flew out here uh, just a couple of days ago, and he's there as not working on the car, just as a translator these days. And I think also that makes a driver feel welcome in the team, that you you're making an effort. Valentino Rossi, now sports car driver Valentino Rossi, but former MotoGP multiple world champion, when he switched to an Italian crew chief, he found it actually a little bit easier to really express exactly what it truly meant with what the bike was doing, and I'm sure it, it translates very well across with cars. Just finishing off our VP Racing Fuel update, fourth in GTD Pro as things stand right now is the number 47 Chetelar Ferrari of Eddie Cheever. Then it's Indy Doncha in the number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes. Then there's number 70 Inception McLaren of Ollie Milroy. Then seventh in GTD Pro is Kenton Cook for the number 32 Mercedes. Then it's number 120, Elliot Skier. That's the Wright Motorsport Porsche. Then the Acura, the only Acura in the in the GTD field, Stephen McAleer, the Scotsman, car number 66. And rounding out the top 10, Anofrio Triarzi, driving the Triarzi Competizione 023, rounding up your GTD field. That is your VP Racing Fuels in Race Update.